Get off. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in Bottomland. And Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. What's going on, buddy? Man, just here in the shop today. And uh, how about our air conditioning? <laughs> I was thinking about that. Just yeah. before just before we started the podcast, there's a nice bay window, bay door over there. Yeah. I thought it. maybe we should get a little closer, but yeah. I'm, uh, what, this episode's brought to you by Dr. Squatch. <laughs> working it right. over, overtime today. <laughs> we <need it. laughs> well, well, man, we have been... Um, we're talking about it a little bit over the course of the last mm-hmm. few podcasts, but yep. talking about getting an episode together about talking about taking kids hunting. Yep. And, um, man, since I guess I, this season I've hunted more with kids yep. than I ever have. Yep. Um, I guess from the end of Flo- or from the start of the South Zone in Florida yep. and then here in the youth hunts in Tennessee and then recently in South Carolina. Yep. So, That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. I've, I've learned a lot. I've, uh, I've learned a lot that the folks who can kill them with the kid are – generally pretty it's dang good hunters There's no doubt about uh, it, it it definitely ups the degree of difficulty yep. and and i know we'll get into that but yep um i've had a front row seat to you know things i do things i wouldn't do yep um but i'm, I'm curious to kind of hear yeah your thoughts and also you know talk to some other dads yeah in the yeah well my my thought right off the bat is it's it's not taking a kid hunting is not as simple as just get up in the morning and go hunting. That's right. Like I think that as a dad, you owe it to your kids to do some homework, you know, mm-hmm. in the same way you owe it to your kids to go to work and put food on the table. That's you know, right. mom and dad's job is to take care of their kids. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's great to just spontaneously take your kid hunting, but I yeah. think that for it to be an enjoyable experience for everybody and for it to be something you can build a relationship around, mm-hmm. you got to do some homework and yeah. you got to, you got to put some effort into it because yeah. they're not they're not adults, you know, and so no. it's different than just going hunting with your buddy. Yep, you know, a lot, um, and it's different too than taking a kid fishing, which is still important, but yep. it's not as simple as throwing a Completely cricket on different. a bobber and yep. making sure they don't stick themselves or yep. cut themselves. Yep. I mean, I mean you got darkness involved. Oh man, instead of daylight. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little things that make it different. Walking, you know? effort, temperature. Yep. I mean, there's all yep. sorts of stuff. Exactly, and so. Um, being quiet yeah yeah exactly you know right so um, yeah and and you know when you miss a when a brim bites a cricket and dunks the bobber and you don't get him you just put another cricket on there that's but, right you know you hunt for a couple of days and then you miss a turkey or you move and and booger it yeah like that's your only chance and so or probably your only chance you know so yeah I'll, what i'm getting at is here i hope that what we can accomplish in this episode is we're going to introduce our listeners to some of the people that I think do the best job mm-hmm. around taking kids hunting, their own kids. And we've even got one guest who, who's, whose kids are not old enough yet, but who has taken his nephew. Yeah. And, and so I'm excited for everybody to kind of hear the perspective of these folks, um, not, to, not to call them heroes and elevate them to some yeah. sort of legendary status, but just to say, hey, these are people that are doing it really well, and you could probably learn something from them. Sure. Um, and so we've got four folks first mr Britt oswald 
Um, that's Luke's dad. If you've been following along on Instagram, Luke is one hell of a turkey killer and storyteller. Um, and uh, and then we've got Mr. Brooks Tinsley, who has uh, been killing turkeys with Corbin since I think she was in diapers. Like Man. Brooks was one of the first people I know that really labored to take his kid hunting and to make it comfortable for his kid and effective. And, and, yeah. I mean, Corbin had killed ducks, deer, and turkeys before I was confident enough to even hand trip a gun. And Tripp's older than her, so he really made me feel <laughs> yay big. Uh, but but both Britt and Brooks have been very influential towards to me mm-hmm. and how I hunt with my kids. And I don't do everything exactly the way they did, but, sure. but I've learned from them. And so I think it's great to have them on. The other guy that we're going to have on is Keelan Samples. And Keelan and Weston have been hunting together, you know, since since Weston was really little. And I think his perspective will be good. He hunts in, you know, all these guys hunt in different environments. And so the environments they hunt in and kind of how they go about it matters. And, yeah. um, and then the fourth guy is Tom Oglesby. Tom is part of the rare breed um I guess crew if you want to call it sure. that kind of a film series and uh they do some awesome work um Tom's in South Georgia and he's been taking his nephew turkey hunting for a while now he's yeah. got two little girls that are gorgeous little girls but they're little little <laughs> yeah and um you know he's so Tom's perspective is okay, I'm taking a kid hunting that's not mine because yeah. kid hunting that you can't whip. You know, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. That ups the degree involved. of yeah, right. no kidding. Right. Um, and so, anyways, that's kind of – that's what we got. Sure. And uh, I'll leave anything out there in your No, I, I think that's a great way to introduce it, and we'll just – we'll roll into it. See them. what they say. All right. Yeah. Well, th- this is Britt Oswald. Britt's from Greenville, South Carolina. Rob Penny. <laughs> Hey, Britt, how are you doing? I got Spence here with me. Man, I'm great. Sitting here at my office counting squares. I heard that. You get paid for squares in, in Greenville? <laughs> if I sell the squares, I get paid for them. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, man, Britt, thank you for taking a few minutes to talk to us. Um, we've already kind of introduced the topic here, and we've introduced you as a dad, uh, kid, guide, extraordinaire, um, I think if everybody raised a kid about like Luke, they the world would be a better place. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, what thank you for saying that. It means a lot, man. <laughs> well, I don't know if you used a shot collar or just beat the tar out of him, but whatever whatever y'all are doing is working pretty well. So, uh, kudos. We played uh, the Beach Boys and uh, some Mozart when he was in the crib. I guess that's what it was. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Um, well, man, I guess just as a starter – We've kind of got some questions here. Tell us about your kids. Who do you have hunting? Like age, you know, name, age, gender, kind of basic demographic info. Gotcha. So Luke is 10 years old. He's my oldest. Um, And then I've got Wyatt, who's eight, and he's just starting to to go hunting. Okay. And um, the maturity level is a little different between both of them, and that's why Wyatt is uh, taking a little bit longer to get ready to go. And that's one thing you have to – kind of look at from child to child you know just because he's eight doesn't mean he's like luke mm. hunting at five you know mm-hmm. they luke have to started be comfortable. at five he started at five wow. you know, going with me deer hunting with his red rider you know sitting in the stand with me That's um awesome. yeah 
and Wyatt's gone and with m- myself and Luke, and we've had pretty good success on Wyatt's with us. He's kind of like a lucky charm. <laughs> the hunts last about 30 minutes at most, and usually something nice, you know, gets shot. That's awesome. So has yeah. uh, Luke has obviously killed a few. Has Wyatt killed one yet? He has not. We just okay. uh, started him on the process on um, getting him used to guns and safety. You know, yeah. got him a BB gun at NWTF make, but he actually won it a couple of years ago. And uh, we started with a BB gun, and and uh, now we have a uh, I have a Ruger 1022 with the Burris Fast Fire Red Dot on it, and it's a it's a bull barrel 22, and it's got a I think it's an ATI skeletonized like AR-15 style stock. Okay, and it's got a bipod on it. Nice. So it was great. I just happened to run across it and picked it up and put the Fast Fire on it. So with the kid, you know, you can collapse that stock down to nothing. You mm-hmm. know, with the length of pull is like 10 inches. Mm-hmm. And with the bipod on it and then the pistol grip from the stock, all they have to do is kind of raise it up, put it on their shoulder, and the fast fire, got the red dot, so you put the dot where the bullet needs to go and just start them out with that. That's awesome. And then, yeah, and it, it's worked great. And, you know, you start out with paper and then you shoot, you know, full cans of Pepsi or whatever or whatever you got, and they just seem to love that. Yeah. And and then move to a same red dot on a 410 and then same red dot on a, 20 gauge or 28 gauge if i was had to do it over again i would probably go 28 gauge okay um, well the difference in recoil and size is minimal and you know if, if you're going to have one gun that a kid can kind of tote around and, and shoot doves off the power line or quail off the ground or ducks on the water or even swing and shoot it you know the 410 is great 28 gauge is great but you try to hand them a 20 i made the mistake on luke giving him a 20 a little bit too early and he couldn't swing it. Hmm. And so the 410 is only like, you know, seven eighths of an ounce with a 20 gauge, 28 gauge. You can get like one and an eighth ounce or one, almost one and a quarter with turkey loads. And it's just a lot more shot and a lot more power, you know, yeah. killing power, basically. If I had to do it over again, that's what I would, I would start what, with. What, which 28 gauge would you get? Um, I would get a Benelli because we love Benelli. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I would think, of, you know, a semi-lightweight, you know, 28-gauge that's not too heavy but not too light, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't want them, you know, knocking the crap out of them when they mm-hmm. pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we started out with uh, pumps is what we started out with. Okay. And Luke's about ready to, to go to and He's been eyeing that M2 lefty pretty hard, and I'm, he's got a lot of grass to cut before he gets that. <laughs> is he a – so he's been shooting a pump 20-gauge? He's, that's what he's, they started with a 410 and now he's the pump 20 gauge. Okay. I actually got him a left-handed pump 20 gauge and got two barrels, a 22 inch barrel and a 26 inch barrel. Okay. And, um, it's, it's been pretty good. Like recently we just changed the stock out and he just goes. What is the, what is it? What model gun is it? Or manufacturer? It's a, uh, it's a Mossberg okay. five, 500 is okay. the, is the 20 gauge. And we had the Mossberg mini 510C yep. is what we started with. So you went from the 410 to the 20 gauge, and basically the the way the gun was laid out stayed the same. I mean, where the safety was positioned, all that kind of stuff. Correct. Okay. Was that intentional? The weight, or was that just because yeah. that's what's available? <laughs> that was what was available. So the the 410, you know, the mini 510C, I think Ricky and Boozer and a lot of us have the same gun. We all started out with it. And then for some reason, Mossberg ran a uh, uh, one year, they ran a left-handed uh, 500 you know, for youth. And so I picked that up and immediately picked up another barrel for it. And they quit making it, I think now. 
But I figure with that 20 gauge, you know, he can use that as a turkey, you know, for the rest of his life or whatever. He's got two barrels for it. You can put a full adult size stock on it if you need to later. And uh, it's been a good, it's been a good gun. But he just like in the past year, he's 10, he's a big boy. But in the past about year, year and a half, he, he's got where he can swing it, you know, wing shooting with it. Mm-hmm. At first it was too heavy and it, it cost us some, oof, cost us something one morning. I, you know, it was bad. I had black ducks landing at like 20 yards and he couldn't, couldn't, it was bad. It was my fault. Fourteen, he shot him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. So let's talk for just a minute about, um, you know, like tactics. Okay. Er, you know, everybody, everybody's got a way that they like to hunt, and and I guess for the purposes of this podcast, we're kind of focusing on turkeys because it's turkey season, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I know that you didn't just start right out the gate taking, um, Luke, you know turkey hunting um on a run and gun you know roost hunt right out the out the gate i'm sure you took him deer hunting and other stuff and dove hunting and kind of had him around and socialized him just like you would a puppy dog yeah but mm-hmm. i guess for the purposes of this conversation talk about the evolution of how you turkey hunted with luke like how did you start versus where are you at right now when he was five we started in a blind and i i, I think you know you've got some people that want to you know, get to the point where the kid's not hunting in a blind and sitting against a tree and shooting, and that's great, and that's awesome, and we've done that. But we started out in a blind because, for one thing, the weather is a little bit warmer in there, especially if you're turkey hunting in early season when youth weekends are. Um, they can sit in a comfortable chair. They can have snacks. They can have hot chocolate. They can stand up and walk around if they have to. Um, it's, it's, you know, a comfort thing, making it fun, not making it like it's a job. We got to run this race type thing and just, you know, keeping it light and fun. And so we started out in a blind with decoys and, and, and a lot of scouting on my end with trail cameras and going and listening, going to different areas and listening and getting at a different angle and listening, trying to lay eyes on turkeys, see which way they wanted to go and where they wanted to be. And so, you know, you, with kids, you have to have somewhat of a success, you know, when you first start with them. If they go six times and sit, and sit up against a tree and it's 45 degrees and they're freezing to death and you're constantly telling them to quit moving, that's not fun. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to like it. So Sitting my thing day. is, that, yeah, <laughs> you know, they, they two hours is about all you're going to get typically. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Luke and, you know, Luke takes an hour nap, then you get three. <laughs> <laughs> but um, did, you wouldn't take a nap as a little kid if you weren't comfortable. I mean, to your point about oh, yeah. the blind, you know. Oh, man, if you would see all the stuff, I used to have to carry, well, I still do carry a good bit, but, you know, I'd go set up blinds and chairs and blankets and, and uh, snacks and coolers and, you know, whatever, my phone, just something, you know, to keep them occupied, especially when they're really that, when that young, yep. when he's five and six years old. And, you know, just, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, to be, a, you know, you just don't want to just show up opening a youth day and just run out to a field and set up a line and sit there because. Nine times out of ten, it's not going to go out work out for you. <laughs> so I think the scouting, the preparation, and keeping it light, and making sure they're having a good time, and eating so much chocolate, you know, they they can't sit still and they crash, and you know, all that's just the good part about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good, and and I, I mean, I can feel that the the advanced yeah. preparation, and the homework, you know, is <laughs> big deal. Um, and we get lazy, I think, in our in our hunting career, like the older we get and the more able we are to do it, I feel like we listen for the thrill of it and 
then we find ourselves just showing up to hoot once and go hunt what gobbles, but that doesn't work very well with kids, you know? No, it doesn't. The more homework you put in, the more prepared, um, the more success you're going to have. I mean, look at our Florida trip. You know, yeah. We got there two days early and scouted for two solid days. Of yep. Four people going in different directions yep. and patterned the turkeys. And I mean, the scouting killed the turkeys. Yep, and y'all I mean, did yeah. the same thing in Tennessee. I mean, yeah. by, the, by the time by the time uh i mean y'all ran and gun y'all killed luke's bird you know moving properties and kind of running and gunning but but boozer nearly killed a turkey and that would have been the what the third or fourth day that that turkey would have been heard gobbling i mean mm-hmm. so it, mm-hmm. it it um the the homework definitely you know put everybody in the right position um yeah you definitely want to have kind of a layup set up for them yeah what what are in your mind like what are some of the if you were given another dad advice that was trying to figure this out with a young kid, what are some of the things you would tell them advice-wise? Like, what are the do's and don'ts? The do's would be the scouting, the preparation, the comfort. I mean, the comfort, you know, kids get cold, man. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, and, you know, I had my dad's, like, you know, National Guard, Army, you know, fatigues and some type of crap socks and some yep. god awful gloves that had holes in them, and you know, you're freezing to death. Clothes are way too big, you know. And it's, I remember, I remember all that. So, you know, good boots, good socks, good you know, gloves, hand warmers, feet warmers. If mm-hmm. it's in you know deer season, or it's really cold. Blankets, mm-hmm. you know, that thing sit in a blind in a chair or to put a blanket on. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and be prepared to, for them to be layered up, and then they can always take clothes off. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing as far as just being prepared and having the scouting. Keep it light. You know, you don't – if something goes terribly wrong, they miss or spook something or, or you know, whatever. A coyote runs in, you know, just keep it light. It's not like it's the end of the world that it happened. You know, you're young. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you keep going to me, you're going to see a lot more screw-ups because I screw up all the time. You know? so, <laughs> and Luke has seen that. He's gotten older with me. So, but yeah, I, I think that's keeping it light and, you know, being prepared is the main thing for yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, you know, the blinds, the decoys, you know, that bog death grip is, is awesome. Um, I know a lot of, I don't have one. I wish I did when we were, when Luke was younger. Um, you know, we have shooting sticks and that's what we use and it worked. Um, again, the kids got to have some type of success. You know, you don't want them to go out there like Glenn. I don't think you're around. He told a story of his uncles taking him turkey hunting. And they had a turkey coming, and they're sitting behind him, and, you know, the turkey gets to, like, 40 yards. He doesn't shoot, gets to 30, and then his uncle shoots and kills the turkey. And he's like, ah, you should have shot. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> that's pretty rough. <laughs> you know, that, that's pretty rough. <laughs> that, that's probably why Glenn doesn't wear mossy oak today, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know, saddle hunters are different. <laughs> no doubt. How do you, as a dad, avoid um, – projecting your excitement and enthusiasm and intensity and desire for your for your child to get a turkey and and to not turn that into pressure on them i've done a poor job of that early on because i mean a goblin turkey coming i go to pieces i can't help it and i've gotten better but i remember his first hunt i was with woody and y'all got to meet woody this week yeah and uh well his first or second like his first real turkey hunt you know we see this turkey on some game land in north carolina and um, we, we get out of the truck, we slide down this big bank, cross a creek, crawl up to this other little field where we saw him in, get up in sort of behind some thick stuff and set his tripod up and get him on the gun. He's standing up. And uh, 
Woody calls one time, and the turkey's so hot, he just comes roaring in. I mean, and then he came straight to Woody, obviously, because he called. Yeah. And I had a setup that wasn't great. I didn't, you know, it was a hurry, and I didn't have a shot to the left. And and so I'm freaking out, you know, and I'm like, all right, all right, he's going, he's going, he's going, shoot, 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 don't shoot, don't shoot, 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 don't shoot. So, and Luke <laughs> just, you know, pulled the trigger, closed his eyes probably, and just shot right over the turkey. Sure. But it was, it's hard, you know, and it's very hard for me with the turkeys. Um, Luke's calm as he can be with the turkeys. You know, he'll tell me to calm down in a second. But if he sees a little four-point walk out in a food plot, he just loses it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? I do know, it is funny. To, to echo what you just said, I found myself early on, like, knowing when the shot needed to be taken and mm-hmm. hurrying trip too much and it didn't it wasn't as bad with trip because he's such a small guy that i had him on a tripod Mm -hmm. but with Mm -hmm. maddie she had zero experience but she had almost an adult-sized body you know what i mean so i expected that Mm -hmm. she could swing her gun different than him and she could hold her gun he couldn't so i had to have it on Mm -hmm. a tripod but there were several times i know that I did that, you know, shoot, don't shoot, no, 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 swing, shoot, you know, look up, point over there, hurry up, you, know, you got to shoot, you know, that yeah. kind of exactly. thing. And, and I, I it just, I know that that messes them up. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's better to it let one walk off than, than to have a bad shot or a hurried, man, that's hard. <laughs> Once breathing yeah, fire, and, and you that, got him to 25, yeah. you know. And that turkey came roaring in, and there was no, he was not going anywhere. I mean, he was, he was on fire, you know, he was just, zoned in he was ready to you know, get shot and i just if i'll just calm down and then let him walk back into our opening our lane that we were gonna shoot yeah and it would have been great and he probably would have killed it but we didn't I mean, he missed and it ran off and and then we you know got in a kayak pushed him across the river and then crawled up out of the you know out of the kayak and then went up side of the hill the mountain and got on another turkey but it just didn't work out but i mean he still talks about that hunt to this day. Mm. You know, blames me for messing up his first turkey. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's fun. I'm glad how that's turned into a good story and something funny y'all can laugh about together. Yeah, it is. And he tells me all the time, Dad, you're not going to start, you know, getting weird on me. Are you going to calm down? Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, I was I was great with uh, when we were hunting in Tennessee with Mike. And I was great until until you know got right there at the at the end, and you know I kind of lost it. <laughs> <laughs> but he killed the turkey and it was great. <laughs> That's awesome. What about, um, tell us kind of where you're at right now with Luke. Like what's Luke working on? How's he trying to be a better turkey hunter? What do you have him kind of, you know, what's the next challenge ahead of him? Well, we're out of the blinds, obviously not saying we won't go sit in the afternoon in the blind. If we had one set up, we kind of build the blinds now. And that's yep. something cool too, that, you know, when I first started turkey hunting, I had a buddy of mine named Frank T. Suber. He has 800 acres of cow pasture land on the river in Whitmire, where I'm from. And he had all these blinds everywhere. And I thought, well, that's how you turkey hunt. You go build all these cedar blinds. Mm. And so we've come a long way from there. But we kind of do that now. You know, we for afternoon spots or morning spots, we'll go build a little, you know, cedar blind or throw something together where at least you're not wide open. But Luke is getting to the point now where, I don't really have to tell him to do anything. Like last year at Scott's when he was successful um, and shot one Saturday and shot one Sunday, I didn't, I didn't, the second one, I didn't, I was, you know, 15 yards from him, maybe probably far, maybe like 20, 20 feet, 30 feet. Um, and he did everything himself. Hmm. I set the decoy out way too close, like I typically do. <laughs> and the turkey came roaring in, and he's, you know, literally 25, 30 feet from, from Luke. 
and Luke just didn't budge. He kept his composure. I could see him breathing heavy. And then as soon as the turkey turned his fan to him, he picked up his gun. And then turkey turned, you know, and kind of like realized something wasn't quite right, and Luke drilled it right there. So what we're kind of working on now, um, last Sunday, we hunted on Saturday at Scott's, and then we we heard some birds that were kind of down in the bottom. And I told Luke, I said, all right, we're going to, we built a little, like a path and moved some leaves and, and brush and stuff so we could get tight, tighter, because the turkeys obviously wanted to get in the bottom and kind of skirt the edge of the bottom about a third of the way up, kind of walk up. That's what the gobbler did the day before. So we made a path in there and, and found the tree and set up some little palm fronds in front of us to kind of block us. And, and uh, I told him, I said, you you got to be still. We're going to have 25 turkeys within 100 yards of it. And you just, you're just going to have to be still. You know, if you don't, if you don't be still, it's going to spook the turkeys and it'll be over with. I won't be mad, but, you know, that's just what's going to happen. He did great. We had him fly over our head and we had... Jakes, three or four jakes behind us. We had four jakes or six or eight jakes come flying in, you know, where we had the decoy set up in the field. Um, he did great. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're working on now is, you know, be, you knowing when that you have to be still. You can't, you know, fidget. You can't wipe your face. You can't, you know, you know, pick at your gloves or move your feet. And and I'm, he'll learn. I mean, I've learned and spooked a bunch, just like both of y'all probably have. But he did great. Um, Sunday, I was proud of him. That's awesome. I still, he did, and you know that was a big step for us. You let him call. Yeah, he's called with his paddle call and box call. Um, we're working with the mouth call. I'm, I'm going to see if I can get old Josh or, or Hunter to give us a little uh, Microsoft Teams meeting or something to help him start to on the mouth call. Yeah, mouth call. You know, that would be cool because you know I sound somewhere between the turkey and the crane, so he doesn't need to learn from me. <laughs> There, you're right about that. I mean, not about the turkey and the crane, but you're right about the technique involved. There's not a lot of information out there about where to put the call in your mouth and what sounds you should be trying to. Yeah, it's just know. hard to demonstrate because it's it is it's, it's all unseen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's all. And it's kind of like golf. If you learn the wrong way, you're you're, hard to you're doomed for life. You yeah. can't unlearn it. Yeah, right. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. I'll see what I can do on that and uh, see if we can't make that happen. That'd be awesome. I'm sure everybody, you know, involved would love to, to get in on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else that uh, you got on your mind as far as kids hunting and, you know, what you'd say to other dads who are, you know, thinking about it? Um, just, you know, like I said, keep it light, do a lot of scouting, be overprepared, clothing, um, make it fun, have a lot of snacks. And then also, you know, you stress, you know, I've done a really good job, I think, of stressing to Luke why we hunt. You know, we're not out there for trophies. We're not out there for glory and Instagram pictures and, and all that stuff's cool, you know. It's really cool. But, we, you know, we're out there to hunt, you know, we hunt for food, and that's why we do it. And, I mean, it's a fun, and it's great to do. But in the end goal, something dies, and you have to be appreciative for what, you know, that animal lost his life, and we're going to eat it. Mm-hmm. And we're not just going to throw it up on a wall. And, you know, we, you know, Luke, when he shot his first, uh, he shot a little button head, his second deer. The first deer, you know, he kind of pulled the trigger and I lined it up, and, you know, but it was, you know, I helped him a lot on his first deer. The second deer, he did it all on his own. And we walked down to the, you know, it wasn't 60, 70 yard shot. And we walked down there and he immediately, you know, got down to the deer and, you know, petted it and said, Dad, let's say a prayer. And hmm. you talk about a proud dad moment. That was, no that kidding. was, it was real proud. That's you know, we constantly, if we, uh, we have success in the field we first thing we do is we say a prayer and thank god and and uh talk about how we're going to eat it what we're going to do with it you know, <laughs> you know. 
Luke likes to have eat. A, he, yes, he, he does. He, and I do too. I mean, I, I sat and ate lunch with Luke twice in summer. Bowl. I was like, I'm not sure that you're not my spirit animal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like to eat as much as Luke. Oh, Luke man. likes to eat carbs. <laughs> yes, yeah. which I also like. I'm just allergic to them. <laughs> yeah, he likes carbs. <laughs> He'll eat green beans. You know, and carbs. That's yeah. about Especially it. those green beans from this past weekend. Oh, Oof. man, they were good. Don't want to go down that trail, mm-hmm. but, yeah, man. Speaking They're of unhealthy carbs, green beans. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they were here, Luke, uh, he makes a spoon at breakfast yep. out of his bacon. He likes it's extra crisp kind of a signature move, yeah. And dips yeah. out his grits on the bacon. It's fantastic. I'm not going to lie. I tried it afterwards. I didn't try it in public, <laughs> but I tried it when nobody was looking, you know. <laughs> kind of do look both ways. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, we go to Waffle House, and he gets a big order of grits and a double order of bacon, and he takes his bacon and makes a little spoon out of it, and that's how he eats his bacon and his grit. Got to love it. It's awesome. Well, Britt, thank you so much for your time. and yeah, we're thank gonna, you. Uh, I hope you and Luke kill a pile more this spring and um, exhaust all your tags and all your shotgun shells and all your uh, pretty days in the field. Yeah, man, we're gonna try and get Wyatt on one this year. That's kind of my goal awesome. now. Is, um, he's uh, he's starting the little progression of starting. You know, he's done the, the BB gun. Now he's gonna do the ten twenty two. Then we're gonna stick to the four ten. And another thing too for dad, you know, when you shoot a, a full Pepsi can with a four ten, it's pretty cool. I don't care how old you are, it is. Kids love it. <laughs> you know, the juries talked about that, and and it made a big difference for my kids. Instead of shooting paper. They were like, mm-hmm. make to, something happen. Yeah, yeah go to Walmart a, at, at like right after Halloween and buy all the leftover pumpkins and shoot a pumpkin with a rifle, you know, and stuff like yeah. the little things like that. I had no idea. Tripp and I shot some stuff that exploded. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Oh, I the mean, Tannerite or whatever well, it was? No, I mean, yep. just like, like oh. beer cans or yeah. Coke cans, cans or whatever. Or just yeah. like something that made Boozer, it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Boozer had a good – he turned me on to something early on. Is He said, take a string and tie a Pepsi can off of a limb and get it off the ground, get mm. it a different height. Let them shoot it at different heights, and that mm-hmm. works great. Man. Mm-hmm. They yeah. love shooting Pepsi or Coke or mm-hmm. Czech Cola or whatever you're going to buy. Yeah. Well, there's just feedback, and it's exciting, right. and it makes it's a good noise. And Yeah, I like that. Okay. I so. took something away there. Well, good. All right, Britt, we appreciate it, buddy. All right, man. Y'all have a great afternoon. See you, buddy. You see ya. That's awesome. Man, Luke is a fine young man, and uh, you can tell a lot about character of somebody by the way their kids act and it's a high quality high quality uh gentleman he is and And it's funny luke i'll sit down and i'll be talking with him and i'll forget he's a kid yeah he just he operates at such a high level percent and he's and we're we're gonna get into it but he's getting into shooting with a camera and doing stuff and he was asking me questions and he said right he He had his drone and oh yeah but he we sat down again when we were in south carolina and he was asking me questions and it was fun but he said rob I just want to let you know, I went. I have my own lawn care business now, That's so great. I can make money to buy some more, like a new camera lens or something. So I thought that was cool that he was doing it himself. So yep, all, all good. This is Tom Oglesby. Hello, Mr. Tom. What's going on? How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I have got my buddy Rob Kenny on the line with us. He's the Hey Rob. Hey Tom. He's our he's our podcast host and kind of keeps everything going the right direction. Y'all y'all bear with me. I you know it's, this will be my first podcast combo. So y'all <laughs> stop me if I ain't doing something right. Shoot. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna have any problems there. Yeah. If if you can if you can make 
loans on farmland, you're qualified to talk on a podcast. So. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what's going on with y'all? Y'all having a pretty good spring? Yeah, pretty good. We're we're making it. We're we kind of yeah. got. We look like the the little Chinese lady at the halftime of the NBA game that's got like 75 bowls in the air twirling, and you know, <laughs> you've seen that one. She's riding a unicycle. <laughs> that's, that's about what it feels like here. We're we've got no air conditioning. We've got about six floodlights on an extension cord and uh, no coffee maker. Air compressors and saws going off in the background. <laughs> yeah. The current guys that are framing the place are smoking indoors, and so we're constantly having to be like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I didn't... <laughs> they just started that yesterday. It's like, hmm. So, it's it's kind of been a it's been a, an interesting spring to say the least. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Y'all been traveling any? A little bit. Yep. We've, yeah. We've had a good time, and really, this spring for us has been about the kids more than anything. Yeah. We've we've started in Florida. Rob was down there with our buddy. Boozer and his daughter and Britt Oswald and his son Luke and a handful of other kids and Tripp and Weston have killed several and so it's I've killed one but that's the only time I've been on the gun really um, yeah yeah so but that's what's that's it's, what it's, it's all a lot about. of honor watching them kids do it anyway it really <laughs> is yeah it really is well man tell us just a little bit uh, you know I know that you have a couple of daughters um, yeah. But they're little, right? How old are they? Yeah, I got uh, two girls. One that will be four next week, and uh, I got a I got a fresh one that was born in December, so she's about four months old. A yearling. Uh, <laughs> so I'm yeah, a yearling. I'm I'm pretty got my hands tied pretty good right now. I'm I'm able to hunt some here, but I my traveling this year is going to be limited, obviously. Uh, <laughs> had a trip planned to go to texas and uh in about two weeks but my wife had just started back to work a couple weeks ago and didn't want to didn't want to ask off couldn't shuffle her schedule around so i had to bail on it but that was really my only trip i that i had planned uh besides our florida deal hunter and i were supposed to go to florida and it kind of fell through right at the last minute so it's been one of those one of them springs so far but uh we, mm. we had a pretty good week last week hunter and cody came over here and hunted hunted for four days and the weather was crappy but we had a good time and we killed some turkeys yeah it looked we like up, it so yeah we uh we've we had had a pretty good pretty good hunt that's awesome well tell us about is his name ryan is this your nephew no my nephew is grant grant i'm sorry yeah yeah you find grant galuli which is uh i got uh three other siblings this is my oldest sister's uh son okay how old is he and, uh, he is twelve. Okay. He's twelve, and he's he's eat up with it. It's, it's uh worse than any other kid I ever seen. I, I felt like I was probably that way, but he might have it worse than I did. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's got a pretty I serious look. First, about I him. killed my first one. I was my my first turkey when I was eleven, and uh, I actually caught him his first one when he was seven. Uh, he actually killed two in one shot. First two he ever killed, he killed two in one shot. But That's I awesome. thought he was about to kill five in one shot that <laughs> afternoon. Thank goodness it was just two. Yeah. Oh my goodness. With, with, how did that? How that start? How did Uncle Tom start taking great uh, hunting? It really started dove hunting. Uh, my brother and I, my family farms and. Uh, and we we plant some dove fields. We plant a bunch of corn and all. So we 
during the September kind of kicks off football season and hunting season, and we we all love to shoot doves. And uh, my brother and I kind of got him uh, started in that. He just enjoyed going to us. First couple of years, he just wanted to pick up and just be out there. And uh, I guess when he was six, it was the, it was opening day of dove season. Not Saturday morning. It don't come in till lunch here. I don't know if it's like that out there or not, but uh, that yeah. morning he he had come over to my house and full camo. He said, "He said I want. He ain't never even shot a gun before. He said I want to. I want to shoot some doves this year." I said, "All right." Well, we got a little gun store about thirty miles south of here, and I I loaded him up in the truck and took off down there and and uh, bought him a four ten single shot. <laughs> and uh, awesome. of course, all they had was three inch shells you know and it was a little light savage 14 i mean it, it kicked me yeah, he was, was dying say. he was dying to shoot so we got it out up there at the shop before, <laughs> we, awesome. before we even got dove hunting he shot that thing and the look on his face when he pulled the trigger was like oh we don't we might have done ruined him now because he, 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 he kicked him good but needless to say he didn't end up shooting no doves that day but he did end up he, he, he ended up going with us but uh Anyway, he uh, awesome, that next man. spring, that next spring is when he killed his first two turkeys, and uh, hmm. he ain't never looked back since. So. That's awesome. That's so cool. Did you stick with the four ten? Uh, no. He actually, uh, my brother bought him a. Uh, there was a there was a place over here going out of business. Had a bunch of guns and all. And he bought him a little Mossberg uh, youth model pump. Okay. And it, it was a, it was a little bit heavier. And uh, it didn't kick. Probably didn't kick quite as bad as that little fourteen. That little fourteen was like a, it was like a little snake charmer. I mean, it wasn't about twenty inches long, and it didn't weigh hardly nothing. So it, it kicked. I mean, they it, do kick I hard. Take, I I take the sock to the end of it. I mean, I tried to do everything I could trying yeah. to give it to help the recoil. But uh, no, nah, he killed his. Uh, he moved on to a twenty gauge that next spring, and i he he practiced a good bit and uh i i just let him shoot you know like one ounce load mm-hmm. uh a bird shot at a target you know mm-hmm. i didn't want to put a three inch rogue in there or tss <laughs> or anything mm-hmm. like that you know to let him shoot but uh anyway you know when you're shooting at a animal you don't ever feel the recoil when you shoot at the target you always feel it so. no doubt. oh man yeah i don't even like shooting at a target <laughs> <laughs> The, so, it, that's kind of how he, how he uh, and, and now he shoots a, uh, he's still shooting a 20 gauge and it's shooting a little Monte Feltro, uh, Benelli. Okay. Yep. That is a very lightweight, smooth gun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. it, is, is he shooting an optic? Oh, uh, no, he's just shooting a bead. Awesome. I actually have never, I, I actually put a, a sight on my turkey gun for the first time last year and, uh, and he's actually shot it a couple times, but the gun he likes to shoot, uh, the gun he likes to turkey on with is actually a M2 uh, 20 gauge that I got, and uh, it's just got a bead on it. That's what he likes. I mean, that's the one he asked for. So mm-hmm. that's 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 what he shoots. When when you started taking him hunting, I guess he was seven. You said. Yeah, um, yeah, turkey wh- hunting. Yeah, what was? Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm definitely thinking turkey hunting here. What? Yeah, uh, okay. What was it like? What was your, I mean, did you have any idea what you were getting yourself into or were y'all kind of learning each other at the uh, same time? <laughs> I think I wanted him to kill one a lot worse than he did to start with, but it's just the opposite now <laughs> after he killed his first one. Um, his, his mama even said that the afternoon he killed his 
killed him too. I mean, I was way more jacked up than he was. I mean, he, he loved him with having a ball. I actually got it all on video. Uh, but he, uh, I was pumped for him. And I, I just, I, I got a passion for turkey hunting and I, I killed my first one, I guess, 22 years ago this year. Hmm. And, uh, he, I just, it bit me and it's, it's, and he's the same way about, I mean, he loves it all, but he loved, he loved the turkey hunt. Did, and, did, uh, did y'all kill one kind of the first time y'all went out or did no, it take we or went times? about three, we went three or four times and, uh, I, I walked him a pretty good bit. I enjoy walking. I mean, I like to, I can, I can leave my house walking and turkey hunt, you know, I'm fortunate enough to live right there or right in the middle of our, our farm and we got a bunch of turkeys right there all around my house. So, uh, I walked him a pretty good bit. I don't uh, recommend doing that. Uh, somebody trying to, <laughs> trying to get started, but, uh, he was a, he was a trooper. And actually the afternoon that, uh, he killed his first two, a buddy of mine called me. I was sitting at the bank and he called me like four o'clock and said, man, I just seen five strutters in one of y'all feel like they had one hen with him. Hmm. And, uh, he, I, they happened to be in a good spot where, you know, there's a big hill and we could go get set up and all and just, just kind of wait on them. Uh, I knew where they, where I thought they were going to roost and he gets out of school at two thirty, So I, I, uh, obviously didn't have a phone. So I just, I left the bank immediately and went by his house and get your stuff. You want to go kill one? He said, yeah, I want to go. So I said, get your cell phone. I said, I know where some's at. And, uh, that's awesome. Anyway, we went and set up. I had him a little chair. I do recommend getting them, you letting them be comfortable. You know, you know how it's just, I didn't have a vest or a chair or anything when I got started. I mean, I had to sit on a on a root against a big pine tree or wherever I ended up sitting up. My butt ended up hurting about a 10 minutes in. But yeah. anyway, I got him a chair, had him some shooting sticks, and uh, I was trying to video him. So I actually, uh, we had been a couple times, and he, he knew how to set his sticks and all up and get his mask and everything on. So I, I actually wasn't even, he was probably 10 yards from me. He did it all by himself. Wow. That's so fantastic. He could see him come, the turkeys come over a hill about 200 yards. And uh, I had some decoys set up out there, and they were just feeding their way to us. And they got about 80 yards. And then they, you know how they do when they, they get in that bubble. They they broke, and they, they come on a pretty good run then. And uh, there was seven or eight jakes out there behind them. And they all, all I mean, a whole, whole bunch of them just started coming running in. And all those jobbers got in there. They got in there wadded up, and I just was praying he wasn't about to kill every one of them at one shot. They were, it was tight in the, in the video. You can hear me saying, pick you one out, pick you one out. And I, I mean, I must have said it 25 times. Uh, I, I, I kept telling, pick you one out, and they all got wadded up right there around the decoy. He shot, and two went to flopping. So it was, at the time, it was legal. You could, they have changed that now in Georgia this year, actually, where you can only kill one a day. But, at the time, you could you could kill all three of your turkeys at, at one time if you wanted to. So uh, it, it ended up it ended up working out. I'm I'm glad he didn't kill no more than that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it ended up working out. He he was he was thrilled, and I was too. And I that kind of started it all. I was uh we didn't kill any more that spring. He didn't get his third one, but uh, every year since then he's killed at the limit. That's awesome. How, yeah, that's fantastic, man. How would you say, as an uncle, it's changed or altered y'all's relationship, yours and his? Uh, he's he's more like a like a son to me. You know, uh, 
everybody says he, I mean, we, he looks a lot like I did when I grew up. And, I mean, it, it's definitely brought us closer. My, he mm-hmm. spends a lot of time on me and my brother. My brother's not a big turkey hunter. You know, he farms full time, so you know how it is this, this time of year for the farmers. He, when he, he, he's just wide open right now. We just got through planting corn and, but anyway, so he kind of, he, I kind of took him under my wing, uh, in that aspect as far as turkey hunting. But, uh, I mean, we, we like best buds. I mean, so, he, so. every weekend when he gets out of school on Friday, he, he does have a phone now. He'll call me when you coming to get me. I mean, he pretty much takes, <laughs> gosh, with I love that so much. I do too. <laughs> That makes me fired up. Yeah. So so he is your oldest sister's son, right? Yeah. Right. And my sister's got a uh, a daughter too. That she just turned nine, and she she's t- taking a little interest in it. I actually got her a bunch of camouflage and all that. Her. She said she wanted to go, but uh, that she just wanted to go because her brother was going. I think more uh, <laughs> that more of that aspect, but uh. That's the, that's the uh, only other besides my two girls. Uh, my sister's got uh, my sister's got two, and my, my other two siblings that does not have any kids. And how would you say that hunting with Grant um, changed or altered? I'm not sure how you want to say it, but your perspective on on hunting or turkey uh, hunting, you know? Man, I, I mean, you know, how we all were when we were younger. We, we always wanted to be the one shooting and 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 doing the, doing the shooting and and calling and all. And uh, man, I, he, he, I just assume watch him. If I could let, if he could, if I could let him kill my limit every year, I'd do it. I mean, that's what he just. I enjoy watching him. How he gets excited and, uh, I mean, it just. I, I, I think I was that way uh, too. But uh, you you'd have to ask some of the some of the boys I went with. But uh, I I mean I think as as far as the, our relationship and how it's uh, I mean it, it's definitely brought us closer. You know we we he lives a mile from us. I pretty much see him every day. Hmm. And uh, a couple of weeks ago he called me one morning. He said, "Man, there's five or six turkeys gobbling behind my house." I said, "You out listening?" He said, "Yeah, I went outside." To- see what the weather was like, what I needed to wear to school and stood out there for about 15 minutes. Yeah, right. They were gobbling everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I was checking I, I think I, I told Hunter this weekend, I said, man, I'm going, when he gets 16, I'm going to have trouble with my hands. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because he's going to hate his buddy. They're going to want to have, they're going to want to be running the show out there on the farm. <laughs> Are you letting him yelp? Yeah, well, this year's the first year uh, I got. I, got, I gave him a, a pot call that you sent me last year, mm-hmm. and uh, he's 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 been playing with it some, and he said uh, he's been dying to call. And and Hunter, you y'all will see some video of him in the next few weeks on the on the Mossy Oak go. He he's been dying every time we he hunted with us all week, and uh, Hunter the the plan was this week Hunter never killed a turkey on his birthday. And that was which is the day after he got here. I said, "Well, we gonna change that." And then our buddy Cody came uh, from Arkansas, and he ain't never killed one in Georgia. So I said, "We gonna let uh, Hunter and Cody kill one first, and and then you're up to bat." Well, you know, it's the weather. We struggled with the weather, and anyway, the only morning Grant ended up getting to be on the gun uh, was the last morning they were here, and we should have killed a turkey, but uh, and we didn't. But yeah, he uh. Every time we stop the call, he said, "Let me put, let me yelp to him. Let me yelp to him." <laughs> That's but, awesome. Uh, he, I'm gonna, he, he's gonna, he's got one more to kill here. And I told him, I said, "I'm gonna let you 
and he can call them, and he he can sound good. He can kill a turkey. Mm-hmm. You know, he he he. I, and I was the same way, and you probably were, and we all were. You know, when we first halfway learn how to call, you want to just call way too much and call mm-hmm. too loud. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody he, likes he, to he, hear him gobble. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, the youth the youth hunt we uh. He couldn't go that Saturday, and uh, we went that Sunday. He ended up killing one that evening, but uh, that morning we called in some jakes, and they got out there about fifty yards. And you could, you could, you could holler at him, and they gobbled. And let me call to him one time. He 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 got that pot out and started purring a little bit, and one of them just stroked, and he looked at me with his eyes so big that he gobbled at me. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so good. cool. Yeah, he, he's he's wanting some mouse calls. Uh, I got to get him some. I got to get him some 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 smaller uh right. brains. To, I know a guy. I can make yeah. that happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I told can. him. I, I told him I was gonna get some from you. I love it. Well, but, uh, I can't help but think, you know, hearing you talk about you and Grant, and you know, everybody's got a relationship with their mama and their daddy that you don't mm-hmm. you don't get to choose that relationship. Yeah, but right. but but you get to choose your friendship with, or I guess you don't when you're a little kid. But friendships are voluntary, I should say, with aunts, uncles yeah. like that, and or, right. or, or neighbors, you know, people come into your life that aren't, aren't your biological mama and daddy. Yeah. And, uh, I can't help but think just in hearing you talk about Grant, how many life lessons you're, you know, very gently instilling in him. I mean, just things like hunting with us for a week and, and it's Cody's turn first and, or, yep. you know, it's, it's a uh, hunter's turn first and Cody's turn second. I mean, that's a young man who, We'll never probably go to a potluck and be the first one in line to eat because yep. you know if if, if if somebody taught him he, he's and he's 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 years over his age too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, his, his dad's like that way. Uh, I mean, he just a he just. I mean, we we sat down the other night. And I, we cooked some turkey the other night. And had some uh, buddies buddies over, and I said, "Grant, say the prayer for us, man." He he let out a prayer that a that a thirty year old couldn't mm-hmm. say, you know. And it's just he he's He's a, just a a blessing, and man, I I could only dream to have a little boy that you know acted like he did and carried himself the way he did. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he just he's a he's one of a he's he's very special. I'm not gonna say he's one of a kind, but he he is very special. Yeah, to our whole family. Yeah. Well, I can hear in your voice that yeah the relationship with Grant yeah. means as much to you as it does to him. Uh, oh yeah, and 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 I think that's fantastic, and I draw attention to that just because, I mean, you know, not to get over spiritual here, but the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive, and I mean, here you take your your sister's son hunting because you wanted probably ultimately you wanted three extra tags to see die, you know, <laughs> and I mean, it turns yeah. out you know it makes you a better turkey hunter, makes you a better man, it's yeah. gonna make you a better dad, and heck, you're raising a you're raising a a better citizen in uh in south part of georgia you know and we can't all be president but we can all influence somebody that way i'm proud of you yeah man i appreciate it and and i just think too about the i don't know the long the long view of hunting and history and the stories i hear of people who matter to other people and man tom long after you're gone yeah, he'll be telling stories. He'll be about telling you, stories about you. For and, sure. Oh yeah, Uncle Tom came and picked me up from school, and we went hunting. And like, you just don't know how much that means, and that's yeah. just awesome to hear. And I, I know you didn't call for us to brag on you, but we're gonna do it anyway. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I enjoy it, and, and it it ain't just grand. I mean, I I I've, I've taken him and some of his buddies before, and 
And, uh, I mean, I, I'd take any. I, I just enjoy it. My girls are going – I hope they love it. I, my my four-year-old, or she's turning four next week, she, can, she, she says she's going with me next year. I mean, you can – I actually got a pet turkey at the house, and you probably heard Hunter talk about him, Spencer. His name's Tommy, which my little girl named him. And, and uh, you can ask her what the turkey says, and she can make a hen noise. I mean, she, I think she's going she's gonna to have the bug, too, hopefully. That's but awesome. Fun. She gets a, she feel a little a little small. But next year, uh, I told Hunter, I said, if I, if I get her a little little youth model 410 that, uh, and get her shooting a little bit, I said, that's going to be the goal next spring, getting, getting her one and getting it on video. <laughs> that's so fantastic. My goodness. Yeah. I hope you do. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, man, I know you got a bunch on your plate, and uh, I appreciate you taking a few minutes yeah, for I us. Appreciate, and... I appreciate y'all calling, man. Y'all, anytime uh, y'all want to shoot the breeze about hunting or kids or anything, give me a buzz. Ruffle, uh, Ruffle Grant's hair up real good. Tell him I'm proud of him, and uh, and he'll have some yelpers in the mail here shortly. 10-4, sounds good, man. Good luck to y'all. Holler if you need something. All right, see you, See ya. That's awesome. I mean, that's really, fantastic. I'm just grinning because yeah, there's. I mean, that's a feel good story if there's ever been one. I mean, like, go take somebody else's kid hunting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I mean that's just. I don't know. You're you're not to just go on and on about it, but you were talking about you don't get to pick those your relationships with your dad, or your mom, or other people, but when an uncle or, you know. A neighbor just takes an interest and just yep. I had a neighbor like that in LaGrange who just decided like yep. just to take me under his wing for whatever reason, you know. Yep. So Yep. And you, I think you know, honestly, I think you listen to those people in a different way than you listen to your parents. They can offer a perspective sometimes because there is that kind of that distance of yep. you know, some your parents tell you what to do all the time. Yeah. You know, make your bed, pick your clothes up, whatever. Yeah. And, and it's helpful in a parent relationship too, because when you have another person who's a like minded individual who also confirms oh, what yeah. your parents are saying, it's yep. like, Oh, yeah. Okay, this is yeah, how there's it's some done. peer pressure. Yeah, oh, yeah, some little positive peer pressure. That's yep. a good thing. Yep. Um, I feel the same way. I, Trips killed two now with Uncle Derek, and, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's awesome. I mean, he gets to hear somebody else yelp, and it's good for Trip. I guarantee it's good for Derek, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just good for everybody. Yeah, he gets a dry run before the twins start. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait for <laughs> yeah. that. All right. Boy, those two are going to be hell on wheels. So. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, next up we got Brooks Tinsley. Hello. What's happening? What's up, man? Not too much. Brooks, I got Rob Kenny on the line with us. Uh, he's the master of the podcast board. <laughs> hey, Brooks. Hey, Rob. How are you, man? Man, I'm great. All right. I'm expecting this to be just a jam-up interview, Brooks. Uh, <laughs> I, I've already done the intro, and I've, I've elevated right. you to, like, rock star dad status. Uh, I mean, not well, only do you not have a son – uh, you have a daughter who's younger than my son and has killed a whole bunch more critters than my son. So <laughs> I'm glad don't, we don't, don't get to have to compare each other in a contest because you yeah, win. It's a good thing hunting's not a competition. And no sure. doubt, no doubt. Tell us about tell us about Corbin. So Corbin uh, is 10 years old. She is our only child. Uh, it, it wasn't in the in the cards for us to have any more, but she has uh, been a blessing uh, for us. And uh, you know, sharing sharing the outdoors with her is you know hands down my favorite thing in the world. That's awesome. 
she's about 37 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. Thing. <laughs> I can still give her a piggy, piggyback ride to bed. There so there's go. that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. How old was Corbin when you started taking her hunt? So we went on her first turkey hunt when she was four, four and a half. Uh, see, Rob, this is, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> talking about making me feel It's not just this. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just going to interrupt real quick. I mean, I didn't start turkey hunting until two years ago. The amount of knowledge that these kids are just going to accumulate that will oh, far surpass mine yeah, by no, the time they're 15. Yeah, no offense. Corbin knows a, a hundred times more than you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I was just saying. Turkeys. Yeah. It's nuts. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Uh, You're back to you, Brooks. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, so, you know, she she was four when I took her on her first hunt, and uh, I guess, you know, I knew that, you know, she was my firstborn, and I wanted her to, you know, be in the outdoors, and wanted her to, you know, enjoy hunting, so it, it just kind of came natural. I, I, I can remember when she was younger, we I'd watch turkey hunting videos, and I really kind of hyped her, hyped it up a lot, and I think that was key to, you know, me getting her to really want to go, uh, you know, watching videos and seeing stuff and talking about it, talking about how cool this is. And so, you know, letting my excitement show for it probably got her excited. Uh, it wasn't like we just one day decided, Hey, let's go turkey hunting. Mm -hmm. Uh, and turkey hunting was something that I felt like we could do and, and have some success, even though, Everybody I've talked to is like, how, four years old, that's, that's, that's crazy. Uh, and, you know, you hear all that they're going to move too much and this and that, but man, she was, she was awesome. And I, I had it a lot more hyped up, uh, you know, than, than she did, I guess. And all these grand plans of this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And none of that ended up happening. <laughs> Uh, you know, and that's hunting, but, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, in God and Christ. And, uh, we had tried hunting a couple times at the beginning of the season and had no luck. Uh, and it, it, she was, I could tell that her interest had waned a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd probably kind of pushed her harder than she needed to be pushed on those hunts. But, uh, like halfway, more than halfway through our adult season, putting her to bed one night she just said hey dad can can we go turkey hunting tomorrow and hadn't been in a month wow and yeah and i was like yeah let's let's do it and those first couple hunts i had a big ground blind and you know all this set up and it just didn't seem to work and i i went that night and bought a uh a primos stakeout blind one that you stake mm -hmm. in the ground mm-hmm I went that night to Walmart, bought one of those. I felt like I could do, I could be more mobile with that. And the next morning, the good Lord shined down upon us and put a turkey in our lap, and <laughs> she she rolled him. And it was, uh, it started, you know, our at four and uh, a half years old. At four and a half, yeah. She had pink boots on. <laughs> okay, I know the answer to this, but tell everybody exactly how big was this turkey. Uh, so for a Mississippi turkey, it was big. At the time, it was bigger than any turkey I'd ever killed. It probably weighed 
in the 23, 24 pound range, had inch and a quarter spurs and a 12 inch beard. And how, and, and, go ahead. Uh, yeah. And so I was like, yeah, Corbin, this is a monster turkey. You're very, you've killed a bigger turkey than me at this point. <laughs> in Mississippi. Did, did I remember that like she weighed less than the turkey or something like that? Or am she I making did. that up? I mean, she was right there at it. She, <laughs> she couldn't pick it up. Uh, Good grief! That's absolute gold. I think there's a little newspaper <laughs> clipping about it in there, about her. I think so. Yeah, seemed like I remember seeing that. So uh, I had done a bunch of research into you know taking kids hunting and how to do it, and uh, I, since then I've shared what I learned with a bunch of people. I think including you, Spence, and a bunch of other turkey dads that were taking their kids on their first hunt, and absolutely. Uh, that, the, the biggest thing was was a red dot, uh, mm-hmm. and and something to help hold the gun. I, I use a Primos tripod trigger stick with like a two point rest, and it's it's a little smaller than some of the other tripods. Mm-hmm. It's a more more agile, but between that and the red dot, you know, taking a young kid is becomes very doable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. You were the first person to introduce me to that little yield is. Uh, four ten, yeah. and I mean it was like yeah. that was a hundred dollar shotgun, right? If I remember Correct. right, I mean it was yep. ridiculously yep. dirt cheap, and yep. uh, well, it was before the four ten craze, yeah, had really caught on mainstream. Yep, you're now right. Now they've got they've got turkey guns that are dedicated four tens that mm-hmm. you can buy at Academy wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back then, like like you said, there I had to get that one and had cut the stock down and. How to take it to a gunsmith to put a put a special mount on it, but now you can go and just hook and get hooked right up. I was going to take mine to a gunsmith after uh, Brooks kind of shared his setup with me because the barrel's really thin right there. It's not designed to be tapped, and so you you got to be real careful. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> the gunsmith was like, "I really don't want to do this. This is going to be difficult. It's going to you know holes going to go through." And I was like, "Well, what would happen if I just JB welded?" And he was like, "Nothing." So Tripp's first yield is, is it's got a bead of JB Weld running down. That's it. awesome. <laughs> it, it worked fine. I'm sure it did. Yep. That's a good idea. So there you go. Um, what I guess kind of walk us through the progression and what are some do's and some don'ts. I mean, what would you say to a guy who picks up a telephone and calls and says, "All right, I'm taking my kid hunting tomorrow for the first time. What do I need to do, like, or don't do?" Uh, you know, normally during the youth season, it's the beginning of the season, so it can be cold. Mm-hmm. And that would be one, you know, if you're anything like me, you know, you're so anxious to take them, just like you're so anxious to go for the first time. And don't let that excitement of taking them, don't don't pick a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's going to be 30 degrees and you know, we might could sit in it, but taking a young kid is not, not, not going to happen. And we actually, uh, buddy of mine, Blake, we went up for the Tennessee opener. If you can remember the youth opener this year was crazy cold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he has a five year, six year old son and he could, he could barely stand it. Mm. Uh, so obviously watch the weather, try to pick a, uh, you know, a good time to go and a good time you think, you might have some success. Don't I wouldn't necessarily with a young young kid go just to go. Mm. Now if you've got a 
you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old kid that's ripping rare and a go. Uh, Different story. Go, yeah. whenever, go whenever, go whenever you can. That's kind of what I tell anybody. Go, 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 you know, as often and whenever you can. Uh, but you know, beyond that, uh, gun setup probably, uh, you, with the TSS now, you can use, like you said, the four tens are capable of killing turkeys, you know, out to 40 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the, the red dot, like I said, is when you're shooting a shotgun, your head position is just, you know, so critical. But the red dot allows you to be a lot more lenient with your head position and still make a good shot. So I would highly, highly recommend a red dot. I wouldn't take any kid turkey hunting without some kind of an optic. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, there's been a pile of seven, eight-year-old shoot one with a bead too. Mm-hmm. But uh, just knowing me, heck, I've, I've missed them, and it's helped me become a better shot. Uh, missing a turkey is like the hardest pill in the world to swallow. <laughs> I agree. One thing you just said <laughs> very well that a lot of the other guys have said is that success matters. Um, mm-hmm. talk, unpack that just a little bit. Like, you know, how do you define success? And I mean, yeah. I know you mean actually killing a turkey. <laughs> well, I mean, success does matter in the fact that. You know, kind of like anybody, a, a kid that hasn't done anything and ha- has never been, you know, you can only go so many times without hearing or seeing a turkey or having a close encounter to where it's like, oh, this turkey hunting stuff sucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, success to me is gauged in probably gobbling turkeys, uh, not necessarily killing a turkey, but just going and, and having that interaction with a turkey because to me, that's what turkey hunting is all about so uh when when they're talking and hens are yelping and you're talking back at them and i just don't see how anybody in the world couldn't enjoy that but especially somebody new to the sport on uh, a kid uh, that that's that's one thing i would gauge success on is just having a good hunt in general mm-hmm. that's awesome uh, we we uh we went this past weekend uh took Laura, my wife, and Corbin uh, Sunday morning before church and just had an unbelievable encounter with two jakes. And Corbin is, you know, she's 10 now, and she's killed a bunch of turkeys, and so we're kind of past the whole shooting jakes deal. But this jake got, I don't know, 5, 10 yards away, and the sun was hitting him just right. And both of them after the hunt were like, that was a morning we'll never forget. So that's that's a success. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, what are you working on? Like, what's you got a skill in front of uh, Corbin that she's cares about, or you know, is, is Corbin? I guess let me ask it this way: Is Corbin at a place where she wants to be a better turkey hunter, or is she turkey hunting because it's a fun thing to do with dad? Correct. I think we've progressed and. You know, turkey hunting, I, I hope, will and continue will continue to be in the future, you know, kind of our pastime together. Mm. Uh, she enjoys that for sure. But she is really wanting to learn more about it. <laughs> she, she acts like 
she knows what to do. Like, Dad, we we need to sit right here. We need to go over here. He's not coming, Dad. We need to go over there. <laughs> so she's already trying to hunt hunt boss me a little she, bit. She comes by that, uh, that apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> there. No, <laughs> no doubt. That turkey ain't coming for a little bit. He, he, she looks at me and said, Dad, she's not coming. We got to move. We got to go. <laughs> Why don't we go over to him? <laughs> That's her favorite thing. Why don't we go to him? That's awesome. Uh, but you know that you know teaching kids patience—that's kind of number one, you know, thing in turkey hunting. That you know to be successful, you got to have patience, and I don't have a lot of it, and kids certainly don't have. I think their patience meter is at like zero. So, but you know, teaching her patience when it comes to being in the turkey woods, and uh, you know she. She, uh, we went to Tennessee for the youth hunt. I guess this would have been the last weekend in March, hunting some public land. And she killed one Saturday and Sunday at about lunch, she missed one. Mm. And it was the first turkey she missed and she was tore up about it. Uh, but we stayed after it. She was like, I, mom, of course, was wanting us to come home. This would have been Sunday afternoon. She was, wanting us to come home and call. I was like, can we just please stay, Daddy? And the coolest thing happened that afternoon. She actually, I had called with my slate call and nothing happened. And she, and she just said, can I try it? I handed it to, to her, and I kid you not, she yelped on this slate call on a turkey gobble. Oh, wow. And we both looked at each other like, you know, it was, it was like the turkeys weren't there. We were just walking and trying to strike one up, so we didn't know. We weren't expecting a gobble. Yeah. And, and the turkey gobble, we both looked at each other and like, you, I could see, I could see it in her eyes. She was like this, well, that was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, getting her to call one up is probably the next uh, thing on our to-do list. Mm. That's so fun. That's so fun. How would you say that turkey hunting has impacted your relationship with Corbin and maybe even your relationship with Laura? Yeah, I, you know, so Laura always says, you know, that turkey hunting, that's your, you're in Corbin's deal, that's y'all's deal, but she's, she's gotten to where she likes to tag along too, and we do it as a family, but as far as my relationship with Corbin, it's, you know, it's, it's so special to me, and it's, um, you obviously know I'm a big duck hunter, and that's kind of my thing, but no lie, the day duck season was over this year, I'm thinking about where me and Corbin go hunting. Mm. That's, that's, uh, you know, for sure our deal. And having that connection with her on a different level besides just being a dad, Mm -hmm. it's more of a, we're doing it together as friends, so to speak. And I can kind of put the dad stuff away and let's just go have a good time and, you know, enjoy God's creation together. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. There's enough stuff to fight about, isn't it? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Mm. But, you know, we, <laughs> we've we had some spats in the turkey woods, too. She, 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 gets, uh, it, she gets shook up by these turkeys, and uh, it's fun to see her excitement uh, and getting caught up in the moment. And we're, you know, kind of just kind of like if you and a buddy were hunting. It's like, hey, we need to go over here, and we need to do this, and, She's got it in her mind. We need to do it this way, and uh, it's it's so much fun to talk about. Mm. Yeah, that's great. 
Is she in fourth grade? She is in third grade. Third grade. Okay. Okay. And I think Pretty you're. Sure. I think you're right. Their Trip and Corbin are the same age, but I believe that Trip is a grade ahead of Corbin. Um, I think because he's in fourth grade. Yeah, I, I think. could be wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong too. I, it's, I'm embarrassed that I asked that question and didn't really know the answer on my end. <laughs> Never mind. She's in the fourth grade. Okay. okay. I just looked at it. I was like, what grade are you in? <laughs> um, have you let her skip school to hunt? Yes, we skip. You know, opening day for the youth season, Mississippi, for whatever strange reason, happened. You know, during the middle of the week. So, yeah, March the eighth. Uh, correct. So, uh, mom was cool with it, and you know, luckily we don't live in a downtown, you know, Houston area where the teachers kind of know that this is what kids do around here. So it. Yeah, uh, and probably, she's all about this school. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my next question. Does she think that's just the coolest thing going to miss school? <laughs> no doubt. I love it. There were a lot of kids who missed school that morning. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yep, for sure. Well, that's good. Thank you, Brooks, for your input. I I definitely would attest to uh, you've helped me a lot hunting with my kids. I mean, for one thing, you definitely made it okay to hunt with little girls. And I'm not going to say I didn't think it was okay to hunt with little girls, but I didn't really appreciate how special that was until I watched you and Corbin do that. And that's definitely shaped how I hunted with Trip and how I hunted with Maddie. And uh, good, good on you. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. It's, it's for sure my biggest passion in life is passing on, you know, my knowledge of hunting to other people and seeing that enjoyment. But, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, friends and family, uh, you know, getting to, to share that excitement with them. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's why I go. I love it. I love it. Well, I hope that, I hope that mine turn out half as decent as yours have so far. Yeah, we'll see. They're, they're still, <laughs> it's still early, but it's, it's still you know, early. With <laughs> me, lo- Laura, this this past weekend was like parenting is hard, and I was like, yeah, that, ain't that the truth? Yes, it uh, is. But you know, kind of like anything, you know, just you know, if you're a parent, you know, looking to take your kid hunting, just kind of like anything, make, try to make it as fun as possible, and don't focus on you know successes and killing, uh, but you know, just making sure they're they're keeping having fun. That's awesome. That's a good word. Very good word. All right, my friend. Well, uh, keep on the. I don't want to rabbit trail too far, but keep after those those boots that are weigh about as much as a mallard curl tail feather. I hear they're pretty I'm, sporty. I'm pretty fired up about it. Yep. So I'll, I'm staying on it. It looks like here in the next month or so we should be getting them, shipping them out. So. Awesome. Well, I I got my email update about my order size that said. Hey, uh, there you go. Too bad you have a tiny <laughs> foot. You little, you know. Tough, tough for you, <laughs> yeah, tough for you. All the people who have normal human man-sized feet have their boots and are killing turkeys in them. Yeah. But uh, good luck to there you, you this season. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. Well, good luck. All best right. of uh, thanks for having best wishes with light boots and all that you guys have going on. I hope that all works out really well, and can't wait to get mine. So 
Yes, sir. See you. See you, Rob. Right, hey, see ya. See ya. Man, Brooks is a good dude. Every time I talk to Brooks, I feel like I'm in a better place as a human. Yeah. Uh, he, he inspires me, and his perspective on stuff is always just top-notch. Um, so I would strongly encourage anybody who even reasonably knows Brooks or wants to know Brooks that has questions about taking a kid hunting, they should contact Brooks. I did not think about that until he said it, but I asked Brooks 10 million questions because he was taking Corbin hunting yeah. before I even thought about taking trip hunting. I mean, at four years old, like That's I didn't so small. That. It's amazing. I, I, I took trip once or twice at that age to listen. Yeah. I mean, I wish I, I had asked, how do you even know that a, a uh, do what? Uh, oh, I, <laughs> this is amazing. There's just a little bit going on in the back here. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying that I wish that I had asked or thought to, to ask him, like, how he even knew that she was old enough. I don't think he thought about that. I think he, I mean, that's he just, just said, well, she can walk that, and she can carry not her that stuff. Brooks is haphazard no but i mean no, no, no. brooks is not a guy that thinks about limitations he thinks about things you know he's like yeah. well, you know if i can do it she can do it you know and so he just helped her i mean we took he took us on a youth hunt i took trip on the first youth duck hunt he went on i went with brooks and mm-hmm. laura and Bro- and trip was a foot taller than um than corbin at yeah. the time and um i didn't even have a gun for him and she had already killed two turkeys at that point, and he had a little 410 on a tripod. Like, he was all dialed in for Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I feel like I need to step up my yeah, game here a little bit. And Tripp actually shot that gun at – we didn't have any ducks to shoot at, but we fried honey buns, and we shot Coke cans, and we you know, we did a bunch of stuff like that, and it was a, he had a blast. Like, yeah. he, he had so much fun that we came home – it was a Saturday. We came home, and the next day after church, we went to sports uh, academy sports because yep. that was where the only place that carried the yield is. And I bought him one of those four ten yeah. shotguns. Well, well that seem, just seems to be the common thread in all of this. Is it? And we're going to talk to Keelan too, but it's got to be fun. Yep. You got to feed them. Yep. And you got to keep them yep. warm. Comfort, comfort, and fun yeah. go together. I mean, yeah. they, they're almost never going to have fun if they're miserable. You that's know? true. I mean, that's um, true. So, anyways, that's that's. Big shout out to Brooks. I appreciate his input, and and I would strongly encourage. I mean, he's a good question answerer, and we didn't. Yeah. He only talked for fifteen or twenty minutes, but if you got questions, you should send Brooke a message and Brooks a message, and uh, he'll take care of it. I hope people are appreciating the enormous insight that these people are. Getting. Yeah, this is years and years of people years doing it the wrong way, the wrong, and the right exactly. way, and tears and oh yeah, you know, grief and and I mean, talk about a know, jump start yeah and and you having your wife say you're doing what with what you know yeah <laughs> like it it's it's just the main thing i want people to hear at this point is it's not an accident you don't just wake them up at three in the morning and go hey we're going to try to be the yeah. first one at the gate yeah you know, i mean you, you need to think about you got to think ahead about what you're getting into so that you can be prepared because yep. comfort and fun don't just happen on accident no i mean it you know it's it's got to be well planned in a hunting environment so Sure. Awesome. Well, let's uh, see who we have next. I actually got a pretty cool add-on to the to our list. So, I didn't announce this one in the intro, but Mr. Ricky Paget is going to also join uh, the show. So, let me check our schedule and our time and see. Um, I think Ricky's ready now. Hey, Ricky, this is Spence. How you doing? What's up, buddy? How are you? 
I'm doing well, man. How about you? I'm good. Real good. I've got Rob Kinney on the line with us. Hey, Ricky. Rob, what's going on, my man? Man, having a good day up here. I hear you. I hear you. Living the dream, right? Yeah. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> did you hunt this morning? Uh, I did not. I did not. Not this morning. Um, we're going to go back after him tomorrow morning, though. I love it. Is this uh, spring break for Kaysen? It's not. Next week is this spring break. So this okay. week is my spring, this week is actually my spring break, which um kind of throws a kink in everything. Um, so I kind of try to slow it down this week, to be honest with you, because I don't want to, you know, finish up before he does or whatever tag out. So yeah, I kind of hop on him and, and and wait till next week, and I'll take a couple of days off next week and go with him when he's off. Yeah. Yeah. So how many? Give us your family structure. How many kids you got? So I've got two boys. I've got one that's 11 years old and one that's 13 right now. They both turned 12 and 14 in June. Okay. Um, both June babies, Riley and Kaysen. Riley's my oldest. He's my 13-year-old. Um, and Kaysen's my 11-year-old. Um, okay. I'll, I always tell people that it's really um, – and, and, you know, it, it seems like this. You know, most people with kids, it, it's really strange how you can have two – kids are raised under the same household but be it opposite into the spectrum as spectrum as what, what they are interested in you know what i'm saying yeah, and my 11 year old my 11 year old gun ho wants to be in the woods you know everything outdoors he can be but my oldest one up until this year now this year he's starting to show a lot more interest which you know um but he never was um that interested in it, to be honest hmm. with you. you know he's turkey my oldest one has um, he's been hunting plenty of times, but when it came down to it, he could take it or leave it. He never was, you know, disappointed about not going. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Where Casey where doesn't want me to leave the house without him, to be honest with you. You know, he gets he gets, he gets into his feelings pretty good when I leave without him. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, mm-hmm. um, that's the way it is. Um, but this year, Riley's starting to show a little more interest in wanting to go, and that's great. And, and you know, it kind of kind of – um bothered me a little bit not bothered me i say when riley didn't want to go but i was kind of worried about it but i think we did the right thing by not pressing that and mm-hmm. making it an issue yeah. mm-hmm. and he kind of kind of came into his own by itself you know what i'm saying yep. with him I, i've he experienced that exact same thing with maddie uh she right. she didn't really care anything about it early on and then all of a sudden yeah. a couple of years ago it was just like hey i think i want to go do this and it was like wait a minute time yeah. out i've got another one that I already started it on yeah. <laughs> complicating yeah. things yeah. here <laughs> yeah now what do we do you know yeah, what I'm yeah that's a good problem to have though it, it it is and like i said you know and and you know Kaysen's in the competition shooting and everything else and riley like i said riley he, he didn't care but this year um this past year i bought him a new shotgun and you know after seeing him and, and i think it was kind of I, I really think it's got to do with you know big brother little brother mentality i don't want to do that because he's doing it and i don't want to you know what i'm saying that mm-hmm. type of deal mm-hmm. and and now that Riley started shooting the shotgun, you know, we kind of put emphasis on that with him. And he started shooting, and he shoots against Chase, and he started beating him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Winning some. So he liked that, of, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like a pet type deal. So Riley likes it now. You know what I'm saying? So, uh-huh. That's yeah, awesome. It, it, it is. It, it is awesome. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, for sure. So when did you talk about the early years? When did you get them started? So – it was very early. Kaysen was the, the first time he even tagged along with me. Um, it was He was uh, four and a half, five years old, right at that age right there. Um, and it was deer hunting, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
and, and, and literally it was to the point you can't really get in the tree stand and sit. So we'd sit up on the ground um, with a set of shooting sticks, and he'd be over there, you know, digging in the dirt, throwing pine cones, whatever he could do type deal. And if we killed a deer, if we saw a deer, great. If we killed one, even better. Um, but that's basically where it started. Um, and we killed several deer off the ground like that. He enjoyed it um, to the fullest, but, I, you know, as far as turkey hunting, it started at age five. That's when he killed his first bird. Um, wow. And I don't know if he really knew, and I don't think any of us, coming where I started at, I didn't, nobody ever showed me how to turkey hunt. My dad wasn't a big hunter. He didn't. He, he, my dad was a big fisherman. Um, but as far as hunting, didn't really, you know, but I tried to tell Casey, and I don't think you understand what really just happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, and even now, I'm like, you were five when you killed your first one, which, you know, that's a big deal in my yeah. mind, you know, yeah. to, to, or for a, a young child to be able to do that. And like I said, it's hard for them to grasp the magnitude of that. Um, but, yeah, it started at, like I said, round five is whenever, that's when he, you know, we started going or whatever and doing that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That's just fantastic. That So, hey, he's 11. He's been doing it six years. How many has he killed? A dozen or so? <laughs> Kaysen is killed right now. I think he's uh, he. We counted him up the other night. Um, I always tell him not to not to put emphasis on numbers by any means, but yeah. we do keep tally there. But he's killed seventeen. That's, That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's killed That's seventeen. Awesome. Um, yep. Um, and, and he really enjoys it. Um, this was, I mean, I, and and I really try not to put emphasis on numbers or. It, it, and this is the thing, Spencer, I, I'm going to tell you right now that I, I, I struggle with at times is trying to make sure that he understands it's not all about that end result of the kill. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and it's hard. It, it's really difficult because, you know, in, in all honesty, th- this sport that we do, we, we're measured by what we take. You know That's what I'm right. saying? That's right. It is. But, you know, I think in my mind anyway, the older I get, I know when I was younger, it was all about, you know, I, I want to kill that turkey. That's all there is to it. Um, but the older I get, I realize there's so much more in my mind anymore, anyways, especially with 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 what I'm putting into him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What I'm expecting out of him as he gets older. Mm-hmm. Um, that when, I, when I started, I didn't kill my first turkey until I was 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I wasn't didn't start as young as he is. So I'm kind of trying to pass on as much of this, you know, matured information to him as I can. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of grows a little bit faster than what I did. You know what I mean? That's right. So, yeah. Now, yeah. Are, are y'all traveling to hunt? Or are these all South Carolina birds? Or, or how's he's that killed, progression? He's killed one off the old. And the rest of them have been South Carolina birds, yeah. That's so cool. That's fantastic. Y'all yep. need to y'all need to come to Tennessee with us next year. I've got a farm that y'all it's got y'all's name on it that most well, of the other little kids can't move around well enough to, to hunt, but I know that Cason can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love to do that. That would be awesome, man, for sure. And and you know, um we had planned on doing some out of state stuff this year. We just never could get out there. But this year, some stuff fell in my lap. Um, and I was unable to go out and do anything else extra this year. But next year, we're planning on doing either Texas, Kansas, Kansas, or Nebraska. Um, I've already promised him that was something we're going to do. He's really interested in it. Um, so, yeah, for that's sure, that's good. something. That if the Tennessee thing works out, we would love to do that as well, for yeah, sure. We can we can make that happen. So, the uh, – 
I loved – he's got the fire for sure. I loved when he – when y'all showed up the other night, he went straight over and sat down by Boozer and started taking shots at you. He, he's a <laughs> – uh, and I'll tell you this, yeah, the, the, that part um, comes from uh, – well, me and him have a real salt and sugar type relationship um, <laughs> when it comes to stuff. He, I give him a lot of sand, and he'll get a pouty lip, and I don't know. He'll do it to me, and I'll do the same thing sometimes. Uh... <laughs> It's kind of a kit twenty two, but um, yeah, he um, he thinks the world of Boozer and all y'all boys. He really does. Um, Ian and all those guys. He really does think a lot of everybody. Yeah. And um, he thinks he's it, it's kind of you're watching eleven year old. He thinks he's um, he thinks he's like twenty five or thirty. Yeah, you know what I'm of course, absolutely. <laughs> he feels like he's a big dog when it comes down to it, and I and I um. I believe a lot of that comes from everybody, all my buddies who hangs around. You know, we're a part of a a big hunting club and stuff and the camaraderie and everything else is there on Saturday. So he hangs out with us and he gets sand a lot from everybody. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He's the, low, he's the low guy on the totem pole. So he knows how to take it and give it sometimes too, you know? Yeah. And that speaks to his maturity. And I, my daddy always said it was like raising puppy dogs. You know, you, the, the more you socialize a dog, the cooler he is to be around and kids are the same yeah. way. The more environments oh. you put them in and, you know, oh, yeah. show yeah, them. They're not- <laughs> They're not socially awkward at all. He's not. There's not a socially awkward bone in his body. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah. So he's he's a card and he's a character. He's yeah. a character for. Tell yeah. the tell the story of y'all's hunt Sunday morning. Okay, so I'll start. <laughs> I'll start with actually the weekend before because that's what kind of stemmed this whole thing. So the Sunday before, him and I went and. um we set up on a bird, and I was on the gun. It was a bird that I that I had a history with, and we'd been hunting or whatever. And, and um, he said, "I'm gonna go with you this morning." I said, "Okay." So we we set up on the turkey or whatever, and and bird came out. I mean, just like he was supposed to. I mean, it was picture perfect. Nothing. I mean, two hands right there in front of us. He comes out strutting, and he gets the 38, 40 yards. And I don't know what. I mean, I know what I did. I just blew it. I just rushed everything about it i mean i i you know didn't take my time didn't settle or nothing bird sitting there you know he's in half strut neck ran up you know as far as he can be and i just knocked the safety off and, and pulled the trigger and pull hard right and down and missed and casing goes what just happened and i said <laughs> um i said i really don't know he said well i can tell you what did happen I said, there ain't it. He said, there's not a dead turkey out there flopping around. And he, he, he's, he's pretty upset. And, and I, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's, he's flat upset about it. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he's like, I don't know why you just, he said, I don't know why you shot so fast, Daddy. I said, well, son, I don't either. I said, I just rushed it. I said, that's a good lesson. Said, yeah, it's a good lesson for you. He said, I don't know why he said it. He said, don't look at me. But anyway, we kind of, or whatever, and all. ruthless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, so that I'll interrupt here. When they got when they got to Scott Saturday night, mm, that was or Friday night. That was Kaysen immediately walks up to Boozer and sits down and goes, "Hey, look at this," and shows him a cell phone video of it. So and, and Boozer started, started ripping on it for the next three days. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. And he's and he, like I said, you know, and, and he rides me. Nathan rides me the rest of the day about it. So and and you know, he says stuff the whole week. To be honest with you, <clears throat> and 
And, and I went hunting that week. I had to work or whatever, and I went hunting that week, and I really didn't press that hard, to be honest with you, because I knew the invitation was coming up and everything else. You know, me and Shane would go be hunting. So, didn't really press that hard for it. But um, we went Saturday and hunted, didn't do anything. Um, had, actually had some coyotes booger up our birds that we were hunting that day, um, that morning. Both of us on the opposite ends of the property, we both had coyotes booger up um, our hunt. Mm. And Sunday morning we went and we get, we, we, um, we're heading to the lease and he goes, Hey dad, he said, um, do you want, can I hunt with you this morning? I said, yeah. Cause I mean, this is my thing. He's already killed two birds in South Carolina so far this year. He's got one tag left. And the biggest thing he knows it, he knows that, that, um, that, that I want him to kill a bird by himself. And he does too. That, that That's just not something that I came up with. It was something that he also instituted and said, you know, I need to start killing birds by myself as well, you know? I said, okay, cool, no problem. He did it last year. He, I called him two birds for him, and he killed those two. And then, you know, after that, you know, it was on his own. He didn't fulfill it. So, I mean, this is what it was. And, he, you know, we were cool with it. So, this year, the same exact thing. So, we get going to the lease, and he's like, Dad, he said, um, he said, uh, can, um, can I go with you this morning? Can, you know, can we hunt together? I said, yeah, hey, absolutely. I'm not going to tell him no. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, absolutely. I said, yeah, that's fine. Let's go. He said, well, let's go over there to where, um, to where, um, I hunted yesterday morning. He said, those birds on that side of the property. I said, okay, we'll do that. That's fine. So we get there and, um, and, and, and we're sitting, we, we get to the spot and the birds gobbles and I go, okay. I said, um, you sit on this tree right here. I'm going to just back up, you know, 15, 20 yards and just sit back here. Let you do your thing. <clears throat> He's like, no. He said, um, you sit here at this tree. And I said, he said, I'm going to walk back. And immediately he starts walking back, you know, 15. I said, no, get up here and sit down. He's like, no, no, I'm not. You're going to shoot this bird. I said, son. And then we're having an argument in the wood. I mean, literally, I'm like, no, get, get up here and sit down. He's like, no. He said, I want to see you kill one. I ain't seen you kill one in a while. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. So I said, and, and finally, I'm like, you know what, whatever. So I, I sit down. So I sit down. And um, and it's a, you know, the bird, bird they, they're gobbling. The bird flies down. End up working him in about 35 minutes after daylight. He comes in. And he comes to 25 yards, and I kill him. And Jason jumps up and goes, well, you didn't miss that one. I'm glad to know you could finally kill one. <laughs> he runs out and grabs him by the neck and picks him up. So, um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty neat. And, and it was, it was a, it was pretty cool hunt because like I said, he, he kind of took it, took it upon his own to, to. Yeah. Give to, that one back. Yeah. To ask me to, you know, can, w- would you go with me and, and kind of do that or whatever? And that was in the back of his mind, which went, which he could have sat right there and, and pulled the trigger himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and he didn't take deal out, which I thought was very cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, that's, uh, like, that's. I, I, I've killed enough of them to know what it feels like to hold them dead and everything else. So I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to, but to know that he took the initiative to think that out, think that through was, was pretty neat to yeah. be honest with you. Get, there's something special about giving one away and uh, yeah. he, he will definitely, he'll not forget that one. Good on him. No. You're, doing, right. you're doing a damn good job uh, raising him. I, I've been around him a couple times now and I mean, he's just a fine young man and uh, I, I, yeah. I, you, you're doing something right. So well, I, I think uh, I, you know the same goes for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I made a trip the other day. Um, your daughter, everything else. I mean, oh, I actually hung up. <laughs> Dang, I was finally getting the compliment, Rob. <laughs> Dang, I can't believe I did that. Go ahead, phone service. No, Dang. I can't believe it. I just totally ruined that moment. <laughs> I was getting a nice comment. Oh, Rob just said, click, hit the red button. <laughs> I was trying to swipe up to get something off my screen, and I saw that big red button and went, that looks good, and just smashed it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, dude, I'm right now, seriously, I mean, I met your son. I met Tripp, and I met, you know, your daughter and everything else. And it, go, it says a lot for for um all the dads, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. like Boozer, Tom, and you know, Britt, Luke's just a, Luke's a card. You know, he's something. He's a special kid himself. You know what I'm saying? All these, all these, you know, Jane, all of them, they're just awesome, awesome little humans. You know what I'm saying? Little yeah. young adults. They're yeah. are. Um, they're going to turn out to be really good people. I think um, so, too. Life, you know? Um, I, but, I, yeah. We were talking about on the way home, one of my favorite things about what we've done with this group of kids, just getting them together, it's a couple things. One, I mean, they have more fun when there's other kids around, obviously. But two, right. we've, we're creating a new normal that society doesn't show them. You know, I mean, that, that the rest of their friends are playing soccer, and they can play soccer too. There's nothing wrong with soccer, you know, mm-hmm. and sports. But, I mean, getting them together with other kids takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of sacrifice from everybody because all of us – end up giving up turkeys that we could kill so that they can kill them. Yeah. But putting them around yeah. other kids shows them that it's not just dad that's got this weird idea that I should kill stuff. I mean, it. I really think we're creating a new normal for them that will have an impact on a lot of generations, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you looked at the other night, other than Kaysen wanting to pull the video out to show everybody how daddy missed or whatever. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have a phone that I saw hardly. You know what I'm saying? That's the right. Didn't have, they didn't have a face stuck in a phone the whole time, which yeah. is – yeah. Unbelievable. You know what I'm yeah. our, our, yeah. society is, our society is a crazy one anymore. Um, and it's not built toward, I think, the, the, the morals and ethics that we were raised with just 25, 30 short years ago. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Um, and watching these kids be able to kind of, you start to see that norm. Like you said, you're building that new norm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You're kind of t- taking it back. And, yep. and, and they're doing it. So that's, that's a big thing. It sure is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, good deal. What, uh, on a practical note, what do you have uh, Case in shooting now, and what did he start with gun-wise? Um, so he shot a 410. We, um, we started out with a, uh, one of those little Mossberg Mini 510s. I think they were, they were the Phantom. Mm-hmm. We started out with mm-hmm. I a, said I bought a 20-gauge and a 410, and he was just a little bean pole when he started out. Like I said, he, <laughs> and he, he still did, but, I mean, they just, you know, in Mossberg, even the Mossberg, it's still rocking pretty good. But we started with a 410. We shot, we shot, um, shot TSS nines through it. Is what we did. Killed, I don't know, four or five, I think, over a couple of years, right there with that. And then we went on and yanked on out to the 20 gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he, that's what we're still shooting now. And is she um, shooting but, sporting clays and targets with a 20 gauge too? Yeah. So, so he started out last year in sporting clays shooting a 20-gauge Beretta, and um, it was a 400 light is what he started shooting. And it was great gun and everything else. And I thought, you know, going into the end of the in, end of the sporting plays year that he was maybe big enough to start shooting a 12-gauge. Because when we deer hunt, you know, around here, he's shooting a 12-gauge just fine. He's a big – he's a taller – he's not tall, but he's a, he's a bigger kid. He can handle it. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, 
I got him a 12-gauge sport and plays. He started out this season with it. Um, he shot two or three tournaments and shot okay with it, but his coach was not happy with the way he was managing the gun. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As far as weight, weight and length. And he said, Ricky said, I just don't think that's the right fit for him right now. I said, okay. I said, you want to change him? Let's change him up. So we did. And and put him back into 20-gauge, 8-400, and, and he's been fine. You know what I'm saying? And he even says itself that he can tell the difference in the weight of the gun. You know what I'm saying? The weight, the way he, you know, controls it and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in the 20 gauge now for sporting plays and everything else. But yeah, he shoots 20 gauge for that. Uh, he shoots a, uh, he shoots a Beretta, um, 20 gauge for turkeys or he'll grab one of the little 870 compacts I built or whatever. He shoots one of those. So it's either whichever one he wants, what flavor he wants that morning or whatever. Yeah. That's yep. fantastic. Um, if, you were talking to somebody, one of your buddies on the phone that was getting their kids into hunting kind of for the first time and, and really hadn't done it. What would be just a little bit of advice you'd give them, do's and don'ts, some pointers, broad pointers? Um, yeah, I, the biggest thing is to keep it, and, and we hear this a lot, but keep it fun for the kids. And don't try to press it for yourself. And, and that's really hard to do uh, because I've experienced it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard not to put emphasis on the kill itself. I'll go back to that. You know what I'm saying? You think that that's the big deal. Make them as comfortable as you can. Um, but don't try to put, and, and the thing about it is with kids, it's even, even worse, you know, with, with the little ones because they want that end result. They don't see the big picture yet. You know what I'm saying? You're yep. taking them so they can understand the whole, this, this world that we, that we obsess about, you know what I'm saying, all year long. We wait for this springtime, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't get that, but they eventually will. They'll get that fire, you know what I'm saying? But I think the biggest thing is, to answer your question, is really just simplify it. Simplify it and keep them comfortable and keep them happy. Because they see you're not happy. If you're pressing, trying to make something happen, then they're not going to be happy. That's all there is to it. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're not. They're going to feel that. They're going to feel that you're pressing. They're gonna feel that they're that this is a a rush job, rush deal, um, and, and like they pick, that up, they pick that up as frustration with them a lot of times too, don't they? Oh yeah, they think that they're doing something wrong, and mm-hmm. it's nothing to do. You're just trying to make something happen. Yeah. And the thing is, we you need to understand. And and one thing I'll say that that has changed my outlook on hunting completely. And maybe this is another question you might ask in, in a minute. But when I when I started hunting, you know, I, like I said, I had to learn everything on my own, which I'm very, very thankful that I did, even though it was probably the most frustrating time in my, you know, turkey hunt career back when I was younger. I mean, God, it was horrible. I was the worst turkey hunter, to be honest with you, and just made some of the dumbest mistakes ever. Um, but the thing about it is you, you – you sit there and you you can't you can't rush it. You can't rush with these kids and, and try to make them do that, make things happen for them. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, you know, me hunting with Jason has slowed me down so much and opened up so much more information to me because it used to be I was running going if I didn't hear a bird by eight thirty, nine o'clock. 8.30. I mean, by, by 45 minutes after daylight, I was panicking trying to find another turkey to go hunt. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Rather mm-hmm. than slowing it down, like I've had to do with Kaysen growing up in the last six years, you know, 
he's not that mobile. You know what I'm saying? Or he wasn't that mobile at that time for the first four or five years. He wasn't really that mobile. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, had to, we had to kind of lock down in the area or stay on top of where our new turkeys were at and let those turkeys do the things that they're going to do through their morning agenda. You know what I'm saying? Until they got to a point where we could actually work them. Yep. Um, that absolutely changed my game tremendously. And I try to pass that along to him, too, because I'm like, you do, dude. I'm like, because he's like that. You know, if we don't hear a bird in the first 30 minutes, he's wanting to move. And I'm like, so we know these turkeys are here. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. We just heard we just heard them 35 minutes ago on the roost ripping it. When they hit the ground, they shut down. They're still right here. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, Well, man, Thank you very much for your input. Thanks for raising a fine young man. and um, I hope you all have a fantastic spring, and I hope Casey tags out next week on a spring break. <laughs> well, I hope so, too, man. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on tonight for this thing and all. Yeah. Thank you so much. Great seeing you all again last time this past weekend. Yeah. Um, if there's whatever I can do for you all, you please let me know, buddy. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Ricky. You too, Bubba. Y'all I'll be see good. Ya. See right. ya. That's pretty cool. So one of the things I'll just say as a side note is uh, pretty well everybody except for Brooks, I guess, that we've had on this podcast is a part of the text message thread called TFC. Mm-hmm. And uh, TFC is stands for the Turkey Fight Club, but it's since been changed to Turkey Hunters Fighting Cancer because over the years the group has kind of you know morphed from a bunch of young guys trying to have a pecker measuring contest you know sure. to see who can kill the most to a couple of guys in the group have um gotten cancer and Man. gone through treatment gotten better you know there's been money that was raised to try to help them and so the perspective of that group has so morphed over time and i and i wasn't there from the beginning um i've only known boozer four and a half years now you know and and so um but I, that was a long introduction of a way to just say that that group of people has really impacted me from a friend level, but also from a just normalizing taking kids hunting and yeah. getting them better at it, yeah. giving the kids an opportunity to go see something else. You know, it's it's one thing to pack your kid up and drive three or 400 miles and go hunt somewhere else. It's another thing to go to somebody else's home mm-hmm. and, and be in the comfort zone of their home it makes it easier for the kids, you know? Yeah. And so like when you're traveling, you know, one of the things we always tried to do was to take another kid with us or go to somebody's house, kind of like we did with Boozer, just yep. because it, it takes one variable out, like a crummy hotel or a crummy restaurant. Yeah, it's I mean, just, just a great buffer for the kids, too. From, Buffer's a good one. some ways, and from each other. Yep. <laughs> so yep. y'all can, yeah. Yep. Um, and it, exactly, it takes the heat off of just dad and kid. The whole time. You know, right. Yeah. You, can, you can take a break and go eat candy or, you know, Pop tarts or whatever, you know, you just yeah. it's not all about go play hunt, 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 right? Yep. Um, so, anyways, I, I, I that was a long rambling way of saying I really appreciate my friends in the TFC thread and their contribution here. Every yeah. single one of those guys could chime in. Every one of those guys is taking a bunch of kids hunting. Yeah, um, and every one of them could offer fantastic opinions. Tom Boozer. Um, Shane Weeks, I mean, Alex Bramer, I can go down the list for days. There's 38 of them. Philip Ballantyne, you know, Ian Nicely. I, all yeah. those guys could offer fantastic opinions, and we probably should give them all a platform. But, yeah, you know, we've, we're, shoot, we're probably two hours in now. And Just about. I hadn't even got to tell you what I think. I so. know. 
The cool thing is uh, we get to we get to decide what goes on the podcast. So go yeah, ahead. We kind <laughs> of get to run this thing. Um, yeah. Hello. What are you doing? Oh, not much. What are you into? We are podcasting in a warehouse that doesn't have any air conditioning. We've got sweaty <laughs> armpits, Keelan. <laughs> Well, I thought y'all was calling at three thirty. I've had my tuxedo on ever since. Well, Keelan, don't you remember radios to be heard, not seen? So you got dressed. That's I typical. thought. I thought y'all might want to FaceTime. <laughs> you got that black tuxedo on, did you? Yeah. Uh. Cumberbund and all. So, is it a full tuxedo or is it one of them tuxedo t-shirts? Because I feel like you'd oh. be a tuxedo t-shirt man. Well, it, it is kind of a tuxedo t-shirt kind of day. I've got my cummerbund on, and my bow tie, and everything. Tails. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, uh, we've we've been kind of calling some friends and some of our TFC buds and others that we know that have kids, and we wanted to just kind of include you in it. And basically, uh, the purpose of the conversation is just to kind of unpack some of the things that we've talked about a million times, and that we've brainstormed about and and in the ways that we have tried to help our kids hunt and be successful and learn you know what they're doing um because it doesn't just happen right i mean you don't just show up one day and 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 sit down and kill the first one that walks up to you i mean it there there's been a lot of planning and um thought that goes into you know helping the, the boys get a bird um right right a lot of grooming for sure um, talk to us about Weston. How old is he? What's he shooting? Kind of give us the, give us the the. If this was a pregame basketball speech, like tell us what what we're gonna see and starting. Well, Weston, he's nine years old, and this is his third year to turkey hunt, and kind of some growing pains for the first year. He was just he was little. It was just the stars just had to align for him to kill turkey. We started out with a four ten and. Then he graduated up to a single shot 410, 301 Stevens. And then this year we've kind of took the training wheels off a little bit. Uh, he shot a 410 when we went to Florida. And then after that, uh, he shot a bird high and he kind of crippled it a little bit. It, it flopped, it hit the ground, and then, but we didn't have another shell. So when we got home, we started practicing with a 20 gauge uh, M2 Benelli. And it's got a red dot side on it and he's really adapted to it pretty good we we took some practices like on sunday afternoons we would shoot beer cans and stuff you know at different yardages and and up on fence posts and let him take his time and he got to where you know he'd shoot three times and hit all three targets you know do that just repetition that i think that really helped him build his confidence up mm-hmm. Some. Mm-hmm. um so is he I guess I know. I know. Well, I'm. Geez, I butchered that question. Uh, <laughs> is he? You got him shooting off of a shooting stick or off of a tripod, or what do you have him shooting off of? We we did shoot off a tripod till this year. We've kind of got away from it. He's got like a little. It's a little stick. It's just rest. It sticks in the ground, mm-hmm. and he can he can prop his gun on it. You know. I'll take the sling off of it, and like if the bird wants to maneuver and not come where we want it to, he can pick it up just real easy and, and swing the gun left to right. But mm-hmm. uh, he has 
practiced a little bit with the 410. He killed a bird last year where he was sitting on his knees, uh, and it came, we called it up and he got a shot at it, but it's just, it's just so hard, you know, for them right now. I mean, everything's got to work out just right for them to be able to maneuver and, and get on a bird without a little, without a little added help. Yeah, really, and really what it boils down to is their arms are just too short to hold that gun up suspended right. for as long as it takes for a turkey to finish, you know, and get a clean shot. So it's, it's not that they can't hold the gun up and shoot it. It's that they can't hold it up long enough to be still. They just get mm-hmm. tired. Their little arms want to fall off, you know. Uh, exactly. And exactly. Tripp's, got, Tripp's got that same shooting stick that Weston has, and, and Maddie uses it a lot. It's essentially like it looks like a fork, and it's got a, uh, a little spike on the bottom of it, and so we stick it in the ground. And so their gun is basically – 80% of the way up in their shoulder long before the turkey gets close. So they only have to move it up, you know, what, four inches or so yeah. to, to take the shot. Right. It just reduces the amount of movement they got to do when the bird gets in close because, man, you can, you know, you think you know how to hold still, but when you're sitting there at the kid who's flopping around like a fish out of water and a gobbler's, you know, breathing fire, uh, you start really noticing little movements that you didn't think about before. Oh, yeah. Weston got the get a little bit of that first hand Saturday in South Carolina about moving. Yeah. Luckily, the bird come behind us, and he putted, and then he, he circled on around us about 10 yards and seen the decoy and went to it. Well, Weston had his hands in his pocket. And when the, <laughs> oh, bird, got, no. when the bird got behind the fan, I told him to get on the gun, and he got on the gun quick without the bird seeing him, but he forgot to push safety off. And instead of just pushing it, he pushed it and looked down, and when he looked down, the bird seen him move. Yep. But luckily, the decoy held him around. He really didn't know exactly what was going on long enough for him to get a shot and kill him. Yeah. Tripp did basically the same thing except with a hat that wasn't camouflaged. He's got a favorite hat. It's got the turkey track on the front of that green hat. Mm-hmm. And he just he loves it. And I keep telling him, I'm like, son, you need to wear a camouflage hat. I mean, we're trying to hide from the turkeys. Well, the first one that we called up on Saturday – his head was bobbing, trying to see the bird because he was coming in, you know, through the woods, and he was a little bit hard to see, and so he was moving, and the and the bird saw him and, and eased off, and I told him after he, we we called another one up and killed it, but I showed him, I walked back in the woods, took that hat, and I moved it around like that, and his eyes got real big, he couldn't yeah. believe it. At a distance, you know, at twenty yards, thirty yards, that hat looks white. It doesn't look loading. <laughs> no. You know, it looks bright white. It's it's bleached and it, you know, and Yeah, Ben's got a hat. I gotta talk to him about. <laughs> so he he promptly he promptly returned to wearing, you know, a camouflage hat. But uh yep. anyways, it's it's fun to watch him learn those things, isn't it? It sure is. I, that's what I told Wes and I said I said, You learned a good lesson today. I said, You got lucky and you killed a bird, but I said if we had been at home in the mountain, and that bird had come around at 25 yards, and you moved. I said, it, it, when he putted, he would have putted two inches down the mountain because he would not stuck around <laughs> yeah. to see if you were going to move a little bit more. He would have been gone. Yeah, that's right. That's right, 100%. And I, I I know you can attest to this too, but one of the things that, you know, along those lines was both the boys and Maddie, all three killed a bird this weekend where they had to do something – that last turkey season they couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Move, you know, get in position, swing. Like, each of them did something a little bit different. But, you know, Weston killed killed his bird and had to reposition because he couldn't see it behind the decoy. 
And last spring, a couple times in Kansas, he had a turkey that you could see and that Jason could see, but that he couldn't see. Turkey walked off, and, you know, he missed his opportunity. And so pretty neat to see him learn and adapt and, and get better. And, uh, you know, that that I think there's a significant enjoyment for them in seeing themselves improve, wouldn't you say? Right, right. It gives them a, a new level of confidence, you know, like it makes them want to try the next thing. It's like it's a challenge, you know. And um, Anyways, well, if if somebody called you, you know, one of your buddies called you, tomorrow and said hey i'm thinking about taking my kid this weekend what would you you know what what advice would you give them what are some of the kind of broad do's and don'ts of what would you tell them to focus on the biggest thing with a kid when they're young and they're just starting out that i've realized you got to make it fun for them and if they and i didn't do that with ella grace and and it kind of bit me uh i would make her stay and she would say I'm ready to go, and I'd say, well, let's give it a little bit longer. And then she kind of got to the point where she didn't want to hunt anymore. Mm. And I thought right then I was not going to do that with Wes, and I was going to make it fun for him. And if he decided, if we didn't hunt with 45 minutes, and he'd say, Dad, I'm cold or I'm ready to go, hey, man, we would leave. We'd go eat breakfast, or we'd, I'd carry him plenty of snacks and, and try to make it enjoyable and not make him just sit there and be miserable. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think if anybody's got a kid and – they, they're wanting to care them. That's about the best advice I can give them. When, yep. they, when they're not, when they lose interest, get up and go. Even if it breaks your heart that you know you may be going to be able to kill one if you stay a little bit longer, uh, don't force it on. Yeah, you're right about that. I, nobody has said that yet, and I know that all the guys we've talked to live by that mantra. Mm-hmm. But that's yep. kind of that yes first, no things. When they say they're ready to go, they're, they're, you're not accomplishing it. From that point forward, yeah. if, you, if you don't go – like they want to go, and you're it, it's not fun anymore. It's 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 right. an hard, arduous task, yeah. and you know it's how, how it makes do you them hate it? They go from something that's fun to like they 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 hate you and hate it. Yeah, <laughs> Keelan, yeah, ha- it, turns into a, it turns into a chore. Yeah, how do you balance that? Um, balance teaching someone toughness and going when they say they want to go. Well. I, and I let this is what I do with Weston. We would get, I take deer hunting as a prime example. I would run cameras and I would wait and say, Weston, let's go deer hunting when I knew that the wind was right or we were getting a lot of deer on camera in the eating time and some food plots. And I think that really boosted his confidence and got his the fuel for his, his desire to go. Hmm. Is yeah. because when we would go, I would just about always think hey we're gonna see some deer today with the weather right and and that compounded over to where we would go you know five trips and four trips we would see deer and you know he could get a shot and and everything instead of just uh carrying him like in the morning time and make him stay you know three or four hours because it's hard on a little fella to keep him warm unless you've got him in a shooting house or Mm -hmm. something like that yeah but uh, for for little kids, afternoon deer hunting is definitely key because it's so much right, warmer. Right, right. We could go, you know, say maybe an hour, hour, 15, 20 minutes, and he wasn't burned out. And, it, and by the time he gets, starts to get cold, you know, it, it was, it'd be close to time to get ready to go home. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped. The biggest thing that I've noticed through the years, uh, I know people nowadays are all hung up on trophy management, 
you get shamed if you shoot a Jake and and people, you know, they're all the time saying, don't do this, don't do that. But, I mean, we're all doing the same game. I mean, we're all, if we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't be doing it. But I've seen a few of my buddies, man, they've carried their kids through the years and they wouldn't let them shoot a certain deer. They, they'd say, oh, we're not shooting a spike or we're not shooting a full point. The best advice I can give if you've got kids, let them shoot it. Let them pull I the mean, trigger. They're only a kid at one time, and, I mean, eventually they're going to grow out of that stage. But when they're young and, and you're trying to get them introduced to hunting, they're just like us when we was kids. We wanted to blow the fuzz off everything that was in the woods. <laughs> and that's the way these kids are, too. They want to go. They want to yep. enjoy it. And, and, and I've seen my buddies, man. I can name two of them right now. They've got kids, and they've done them like that. And through the last few years, uh, they wouldn't let them shoot anything. Man, they they want their kids don't even have no interest in hunting now at, at all. Can't it, but you can't pay them to go, and I think yeah. that's the main reason they they carried them and made them suffer cold and see stuff, and they wouldn't let them shoot. And I think in the long run, it just it it come back to bite them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's an excellent word, Keelan. I totally agree with that. I mean, the 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 killing stuff is really fun for the kids. I mean, and, and we we make it about so many other things and all that it, it you need you not to mention just the fun aspect of it but for them to actually improve it takes reps it's kind of like batting yeah, practice you sure know i mean and that's, exactly. it's like you can only hit it if you're going to hit a home yeah, run well all right. exactly and we yeah. we've talked about that with the kids uh you know the reason that so many guys our age 40 and 50 years old are hunting trophy bucks is because they spent their 20s shooting everything that had a horn on its head you know and yeah. they killed hundreds of critters um and then it's like all of a sudden we expect these kids, like you said, to step up and hit a home run. They've never hit a single. They've never learned how to hit a curveball, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. there's there's a there's a confidence that comes with that success, and then there's a learning curve that comes with that success, pulling mm-hmm. the trigger and killing stuff, and they learn how to clean it, and they learn how to – I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff more than just I killed a trophy that they learn from pulling the trigger, you know. Yeah. Um, right. Um, you you – I wanted to kind of take a shot right quick at answering Rob's question about how do you balance the toughness part with the, um, you know, I, I kind of, to echo your point, like you, you, the toughness part is not really something I think you can teach them or force on them. You know, they have to kind of come into it on their own. And one of the things Mm -hmm. that, that we both noticed Keelan and I did with the boys that we've tried to invest in is that having them in camp with other kids, like having Tripp and Weston together, they push each other. Yeah. So, okay. So they might be tired that and want to sleep in, but they sleep in and get a little energy. Then they both want to hunt. Like one of them won't want to hunt. The other one will make him want to hunt. Well, if, if Tripp tells Weston, we better go hunting. Cause you know, you're going to wish you'd killed a turkey or, or, I'm going to kill one and you're not going to, and they're back and forth like little, two little banny roosters. That's a whole <laughs> lot different for them than yeah. if dad is saying, we drove 800 miles out here and you're going to sit by this tree until we kill a turkey. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a different voice. And okay. so, uh, I, to me, one of the best ways for them to learn that toughness is just to be in camp with other kids. So there's a little bit of social pressure there Yeah. that, that you know, makes them. Lifts them both up. Yeah. Cause, Cause, you can't make them want it. They just they got they got to learn to want it on their own. Yeah. You know. Okay. And so that's the whole idea is you're trying to make it fun and successful so that they will continue to want it more. Mm-hmm. And and 
you can't make them want it without <laughs> yeah. them wanting it for themselves, you know. I got it. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. You, you got anything to add to that, Keelan? I mean, you're like you said, you're spot on there. I mean, you, if they don't want to go, if you force them, it just makes it ten times worse. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, and, and in my experience, I mean, I would give the moon and stars if Ella Grace would hunt again. But this time she did decide that she wanted to go deer hunt. Mm-hmm. And she killed one deer. And we went one other time besides that. And, man, that tickled me to death. But I had begged her to go back turkey hunting. <laughs> she, she just <laughs> does not have any interest in it. And I cared her that one time. was probably one of the best hunts I've ever been on. Uh, had five different long beards inside 30 yards at different times during the morning on this food plot. And a few times she couldn't get a shot and, and it was cold and, and she had asked two or three times to go home and she finally had two come in and she shot and shot over the top of them. And just as soon as she shot, she, she missed. She said, can we go home now? And since then she's never asked and I've never been able to persuade her to go again. <laughs> Yeah, that's a simple thing, and I'm really glad that you pointed that out because that whole can we go now, no, we're not going, that, that's a pivotal fork in the road in the conversation because if you tell them, no, we can't go back home, we can't go eat breakfast, you know, right now, what makes you think they're going to want to get back in that deer stand with you or that turkey blind with you the next time? Cause yeah, that's because that's what's going through their head. They're worried that, like, yeah. oh, well, I'm going to get stuck there. Stuck. Exactly. Yeah, I got exactly. you. Um. And, and Keelan will tell you, we've both been in situations this past hunting season where the boys were tired and they wanted to sleep in. I mean, the day after uh, uh, when we when I was at Worlds with Trip uh, Thanksgiving week, I mean, mm-hmm. he's tired. And we'd, we'd beat their brains in the day before we slept in. Skipped a day of hunting just because. When it was good, too. Yeah, when it was good. You know, and, and, and it, I just believe, and I know Keelan feels the same way, when you when you kind of let them make that call, they feel some pressure to not just frivolously make that call because they know yeah. you you want to go home. Well, y'all are developing a trust and there, exactly. And so it, it it you know it letting them have their way, telling them yes, you know, and 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 not going, you know, go easing out mm-hmm. when they're ready to. Those are really important things. Gotcha. All right, old buddy. Well, just a few more days. We're about to take the boys to South Dakota. And uh, after this polar freeze comes through <laughs> the upper Midwest, man. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. That's all Weston's been talking about since we got back from South Carolina. And man, he's been running around in the yard all day blowing turkey off. So yeah, he, he's well, definitely pretty good at it. He's he's really been practicing his yelping. He says he's going to give Hunter Wallace a run for his money one day on the stage. I love Come it. on, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, it's going to be fun. Uh, in South Dakota, we're going to let both the boys try to call up their turkeys, and um, they're both they both been practicing at it hard. And so, man, if they both call up their own turkeys to put a pin in their slam, that I would mean, be pretty sharp. They both they both did plenty of calling in Florida. Oh, I know they did, but um, like for to just hand it over and it's like, yeah. is your is your hunt? Yeah, we'll That's work. Cool. We'll work together. I mean, I know Keelan's been doing that with Weston, letting him yelp. You know, when you're trying to run a gun and locate and. Um, wouldn't you say that that's been fun for them, the, the letting them call, you know, and, and learning how that works? Oh yeah. I mean, he thinks that he's on, he's on top of the world. When I let him, when I let him yell. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, it makes it fun for them. Just anything that you can do to let them really get involved and make it fun for them. I mean, like, good. All right, buddy. I know you got plenty of stuff to get back to, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. Well, good deal. Good talking to y'all, fellas. All right. See you in a few you, days. Bud. See you, bud. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, I guess I, I guess I get a turn, right? I get to answer some of these questions. I think you do. <laughs> I'm not the greatest dad dad kid hunter, but we've we've had our fair share of success. You have, and, <laughs> you know, the I, I think about a thing accomplished and how long – like mm-hmm. you and Trip worked together to get that fir- his first bird, yep. and working through some of that. I mean, I feel like you definitely. Yep, we definitely have a lot it. to they, add to the, it. Yeah, the first few were, uh, the first few were not easy at all. Um, so, I would say you know just as a uh, precursor and intro, uh, I have two kids that are hunting. Katie doesn't seem to care anything about hunting. She likes being outside, and she likes being around animals, but. She doesn't care much about being cold and or so. stuff dying. Right. She's she, not that opposed to the dying part. I don't know. She she, she makes jokes about it, but yeah. she doesn't want to be the one that causes death. Sure. Brooke um, handed me a, a, a wood duck one time, or handed Katie a wood duck one time. Katie handed it to me and said, what do I do with it? And I ringed its neck, and she looked at me like she didn't want to be 10 Trauma. Feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so, true. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I, you know, I took my girls hunting when they were little just because it was what I did. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, just what you're supposed to do. You take your kids to do the things that you do. And sure. I did a lot of stupid things with them for sure. One of the things I did that was dumb was I took them on the White River in lawn chairs in duck season. So I, I, I mean, I, I, we didn't ride down the river in the lawn chairs. <laughs> I, I took two folding lawn chairs sure. and uh, put them in the bottom of the boat with a life jacket on, went 20 miles down or 15 miles down the river, hunted in some backwater. And uh, put them in chairs and, like, draped a bunch of cloth around and make a blind just so they could watch. And they nearly froze to death, and they got wet. And, you know, Katie fell in one time. I took her when she was little. And so oh, I think I, I definitely think with the girls, I, um, I I made it hard on them the first few goes. Like, I didn't think about the ne- the necessity of taking them in comfortable, easy situations. I just took them doing whatever I was doing. And sure. those years I was just only hunting public, and so – I took them to hunt public and you know they had a good time and it was a positive experience I guess overall but I didn't think about it the way that I thought about it with trip because I watched them kind of you know they were like uh it's okay this is fine this is what dad does but it wasn't like a burning passion of what they sure. wanted to do so with trip I really I mean part of it was I was a little bit older had a little more age and and maturity as a parent and so I was a little more thoughtful about you know, this is a little kid, and Triple's a little guy. Like he's yeah. he's not he doesn't weigh a whole bunch now, and he's stretching out. But I mean, for the first few years, he was teeny tiny little. He was, I mean, yeah. He was, a, he was a little booger, um, and so I tried really hard with the turkey stuff to just make it fun. And one thing I remember my dad saying when he took me as a little kid, because he took me when I was really little, five, six years old, he would always say kind of the two major things were that we have fun and it'd be a good time. But he always tried really hard not to say no. And whether it was, hey, can we ride the boat around instead of fish? Or can mm. we can we get out of the deer stand and walk around and try to sneak up on one? Basically, whatever my idea was for fun, he was like, yeah, we can try to do that within reason, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I took that, I like that with my kids. Yeah. Because the truth is, man, you tell your kids no all the time. So what are they going to ask, um, you know, 
while you're hunting, I mean, they're going to ask something that's not inappropriate. They're going to ask right. something that's not the best hunting tactic. Right. And you're going to say, well, no, we wouldn't do that because you don't you because you don't want it to run the chance to kill the game. Whatever you're going after, yeah. But, but all they hear, they don't hear you know more strategy than me. What they, they hear, hear no. is no. Yeah. And you tell them no all the time. You know, hey, can I watch the iPad? No, you've looked at it two hours a day. Can I get an ice cream cone? No, you ate, you know, five buckets of, you know, dump it, uh, what are those things called? Dip and dots, you know? Yeah. I mean, like you're constantly in a situation as a parent where you're having to tell your kids no. Yep. And so you need to try hard to put them in a situation where you can say yes to them. Mm-hmm. And so if it's fishing and they want to drive the boat around, let them drive the boat around in circles. They're not going to remember how many fish that you caught. They're going to remember whether you told them yes or no, you know? And, and with hunting is the same way. I tried to make sure with Trip from a very early age that every time he got in my truck, we were getting candy because I wanted him to like my truck. I love I mean, that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it drove Lindy nuts. But when he got in Black Betty, you know, I would say, you want to go get some candy? And he'd light up, you know. Yes. Yeah. You know, we go in the store. Very Pavlovian yeah, kind of response yeah. there. <laughs> what, 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 what would you like there, bud? You know, pick out what you want. Well, yeah. didn't take long. The stuff we did in dad's truck was a heck of a lot more fun than the stuff we did in mom's car, you know. And <laughs> yeah. then when you pair dad's truck with hunting, like, yeah. bam, here we go, you know. Um, so to kind of expound on those yeses, I mean, taking them to a stop, making a point of stopping at a place that – is well lit and safe, you know, a, a, a grocery, I mean, a, like a, you know, convenience store, a yeah. nice truck stop, something like that where the kids aren't weirded out, but where they big old aisle full of candy and stuff and letting them shop like that just starts it off in a positive yeah. light, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, we've, we've made a lot, I've made a lot of jokes about that. And so it's trip, but that's a very simple thing that makes all the difference in the world. Hmm. You let them pick out all the candy they want and you don't tell them no to anything they're not going to buy more than about 10 or 12 bucks worth of stuff. I mean, yeah. And, and so there's just no point in going in there and be like, well, you can pick one thing off that aisle and one thing off this aisle and making it complicated. Just, you know, get whatever you want. We're hunting, get whatever you want, you know? Yeah. Never one time did he get more than about three things, you know, yeah. and a Coke or something like that. Like who cares? You know, yeah. let him have too much sugar. and have Well, that's just an investment. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I like that approach. Um, and, and so, as time went by, we kind of morphed that into, okay, you know, you ate too much sugar, your head hurts, you know, you you puked <laughs> when the turkey's coming because you ate three bags of Skittles on the way here. <laughs> and we morphed that into, hey, you probably ought to get a granola bar and some water this morning. So, like, on this last trip, yeah. Trip was really proud of the fact that he drank water all weekend because he, he knew we were going to yeah. be walking. And, and he told me that after he killed his turkey. He was like, you know what? I think I'd like to have a Coke. You know, I hadn't had one all weekend. I said, really, why? And he said, I just didn't want to get a headache again after I after I killed one, you know, from being dehydrated. I said, good for you, buddy, you know. But that started with yeah. just, I mean, I had to let it, I had to put him in a spot where he could literally have anything his heart desired, candy and Coke-wise, and, and get sick a few times, you yeah. know, there's instead a, of fussing at him. Just, there's a sermon in there somewhere. I think so, probably. But yeah, I, the main thing is fun and comfort. Yep. I mean, Britt said it, and... And Brooks said it. All of them said it. Um, and I think what goes with fun is success. I think that when they kill something and they experience telling somebody about it yeah. and it makes them feel good, it gives them a self-esteem that you know, kids don't need a whole lot of self-esteem like like you're not a dummy, you know, you're a good kid. They don't need that kind of self-esteem. What they need is confidence that they can conquer something mm-hmm. that they haven't conquered mm-hmm. before. And so I think – taking them hunting 
it puts them in a situation that they're not used to being in and teaches them that situation is not going to kill them. So don't be, don't be afraid. Be yep. courageous. You know, like we can drive through the night or we can drive a couple hours in the dark. I mean, we don't think about that as being a big deal, but a kid who goes to bed at 8 o'clock and gets up at 7 o'clock and is never awake and outside in the pitch black dark, that's an adventure. Just getting in the truck with Dad and driving a couple hours at 4 in the morning, that's a huge adventure. Let that be, you know, let that be good enough. Yeah. Um, hmm. And so I think coupling that, like, so if you if fun and comfort are the two biggest things, one of the main things about fun is success. And so – um, after talking to Brooks, you know, as I was figuring out how to how to make trips successful, I got to really thinking about guns and the gun setup, and um, and kind of all that entails. And I first bought a Yield Is four ten, um, like Brooks had, and is very accurate. It shot great off of a tripod, but I made the mistake of letting Trip shoot it freehand one time, and a single shot four ten will absolutely rattle your molars if it's a cheap, lightweight gun. Yeah. When, when a gun has a heavy barrel, it absorbs a lot of that yep. recoil. Yep. But when it's really, really light, like a cheaper gun typically is, and it'll there's not much weight in the stock, you. it will whoop your tail. Yeah. I mean, no different than like a, a big, you know, 44 Magnum yeah. pistol moves a lot if it's a or lightweight. Man, just a or a youth model gun. or a youth model 20 gauge. Yep. I mean, that's what we all grew up shooting, and it was yep. just pounded. Yep. You, pounded so those you. single shots are cheap and they're accurate but the thing i would strongly caution folks is that there's no there's no help with the recoil and a semi-auto gun has so much help with the recoil because the shell is kicking when the shell kicks out you know the chamber is coming open well that's that reduces how much they take on their shoulder yep so after I tried that a few times at the 410 and then he shot it freehand, he was like, I'm not shooting that 410 again. And we went through a little lull where he was really not okay with it. He was very flinchy and yeah. and didn't like it and didn't want to shoot around to their kids. And um, from there, what I did was I got – I had to kind of push him and I forced him, but I got a semi-auto Benelli 20-gauge and I put it in a death grip a bog death yep. grip tripod, which if you don't have one of those, it's the best $250 you'd ever spend for kid hunting because it takes the, all the recoil out of the gun. It takes all the movement out of the gun. It turns it into, it's a tripod. It's essentially a lead sled on top of a tripod. It's got rubber grips on it, tightens down, and it's so fantastic. I deer hunt with one because I don't like the way my deer rifle feels. It helps you make a clean shot, steady rest. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It absorbs so yeah. much of that with those yeah. extra points of contact. So when I when I was struggling with what to do about trip gun-wise because of the 410 and how hard it kicked, I just I, I bought one of those, and I thought, well, I'll just give him a different gun with a really light load and, and push him to shoot it so that he can prove to himself it really doesn't jump. Yeah. So I bought a box of the lightest dove loads I could find, 20-gauge, put it in that bog death grip and let him shoot it and it took him three or four times to the, get that right the noise it. correct the noise he associated with kicking real hard and then all of a sudden it like it clicked that it wasn't kicking yeah because it's i mean you've really got it locked down and so from there we did exactly what um brooks was talking i mean uh Britt was talking about we shot a bunch of 
beer cans and full, you know, um, and yeah. Pepsi can just something that had a soft drink in it or a carbonated Make, beverage. Making so it that fun. He, yep, yeah. So when he shot it, it exploded and he had an absolute blast. He thought that was great. Did a lot of 22 stuff, you know, yeah. just basically practicing in a fun environment where he could pull the trigger and it wasn't kicking him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so his first Turkey that he killed was with a 20 gauge and, um, and he's never shot one with a 410, never shot at one because we just kind of outgrew it real quick because it not outgrew it, but he, he was so worried about how hard it kicked. I didn't have a choice, but to get him on something else, Yeah, you know? So that, that the 410 just became the booger bear. Like yeah. I'm not messing with that. Yeah. Like I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool how you had to, how you recovered from that instead of just being like, no, son, dang it, you're shooting this 410. Yeah. You just switched and, well, and a lo- you thought know, about it. And- a lot of people, I, maybe other people have not had this experience, but, but I the experience I had as a kid was your dad hands you a gun. It's entirely too big for you, yeah. overpowering, and they're like, here, boy, shoot it, you know, and you shoot it. And it just absolutely knocks your block off, you know, and you're, yep. and then everybody's like, ah, ha, ha, you know, oh yeah, you shot it, you know, and my dad wasn't like that. Yeah. But I did shoot a, I shot a 270 as a little kid and I've always struggled with flinching shooting a deer rifle since. I mean, I, I, I remember when I was about 22, I'd missed a whole bunch of deer and I went to the range and sat down and I just, I shot an entire box of 270 rounds and forced myself to just pull through the trigger let it just kick the snot out of me. And I still don't like it. I don't like mm. the movement of the gun. But, um, I, you know, as I thought about that, I was just like, I got to help. I can't push him to do something he's not comfortable with because if I'm a 30-year-old man at the time, like, or 40-year-old man, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I can't just keep pushing him to shoot something that's going to make it's just gonna make it worse. So that's kind of where the, the bog death grip came in and, and, and changing guns. And so for... For the last four or five years, Trip has told people this twenty gauge is great. It doesn't kick as hard as my four ten. Like he's he still <laughs> believes that to this day. He has no clue. It very well may it, not. Well, it may not, but yeah. I mean we all know it's a heavier load. I mean sure. it's an ounce and seven eighths load versus a twenty seven thirty seconds. I mean it's it kicks harder, you know. Yeah. Um but it's perception for him. Sure. And so whatever it took to not have him flinching, taking his time. Um and then the, the other thing, gun-wise, that, that we did, um, my friend Casey Montgomery and Derek Corota both put me onto a scope that um, I thought was pretty awesome. It's a red dot, but it's different than, like, the Burris Fast Fire or the Vortex because instead of it being a single dot, it's a circle with a dot in it. Mm-hmm. And um, Casey always thought they were great. They're called a gobbler stopper, and they're made by True Glow. They're only about 80 bucks. Um and I put that on there for two reasons. One is I definitely thought that for a kid you needed an optic because a kid is prone to not get their face down on the gun, yep. kind of the way Brooks was talking about. And so as you're looking down the rib, flat rib versus raised rib, and then whether the, wh- how much of that rib you're seeing in your sight plane has everything to do with whether you're shooting high or low. Yeah. And so I wanted to maximize the opportunity for success. And um, and 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 so I, I put one of these – sights on there because a lot of kids will tell you that they struggle to shoot that red dot because the gun's moving just a little bit and that dot it's hard to get that dot to hold still on turkey's head or on turkey's body yeah because at 30 yards the turkey's not a huge object i mean that dot is teeny tiny and so you 
you sort of lose the big picture of just shoot at the turkey, you yep. know, with that yep. red dot, which is good. You want them to focus, but I've seen some kids get really anxious and not be able to make the shot because they couldn't get the optic to hold still. Yeah, I yeah, that makes total so, sense because they're not they're thinking of it as a single point as opposed to exactly. Like, that 600 pellets going down range. Right. Yeah. So I really, really liked the gobbler stopper because they could put the turkey in that circle and pull the trigger. I mean, any part of the tur- that circle essentially represented the pattern at 30 yards. And it's it works like a charm. It's got a dot dead in the center of it, and so you, you zero it just like you would a red dot, and then it's got a ring around that, and that ring is large. You can put the turkey's whole head in there. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it just makes it super simple. And... Maddie killed three or four with it. Trip killed five or six with it. It's not until this year that we started hunting with just a bead on the end of the shotgun. Um, Did that happen just by coincidence, or was that an, an intentional move that y'all made? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, we made that move this winter when Trip started shooting ducks in the air or shooting at ducks in the air, and Maddie did the same thing. Um, you just can't shoot an optic, right, when you're shooting a flying object. So, right, right. Um, giving them the opportunity to practice without an optic made them both want to try it without an without optic. an optic yeah, yeah. um and so that's fine and trip has a youth model Franke that fits him really well it's a little bit lighter than the youth model benelli mm-hmm. um it's got a sh- little bit shorter barrel and shorter stock and it just it functions really really well and for the price i mean it's a it's a a heck of a a gun he's he's shooting a modified choke stock modified and my thought process with that is just that the two things I wanted to try to avoid when he was little was number one, um, uh, you know, not getting a shot presented to him. You know, like I, I wanted him to be successful. I wanted him to see yeah. a turkey interact. So avoiding no interaction was important. But then secondly, the number one thing I was trying to avoid was a bad shot or a crippled turkey, mm-hmm. something that just would really discourage him. Yeah, you know, because I mean, if you shoot a turkey. And it hits him, and he rolls over, and he gets up, and he flies off or runs off. I mean, that's devastating to a kid. Yeah. And they go from being super confident, I can do, you know, whatever, to, yeah. to like, and I don't know if I want to well, shoot that, that just, again. Well, that just, I don't know. There's that mixed sorrow of, of hurting something, yeah. and you feel like, oh, wow. Right. As well jerk. as disappointing dad yeah. and wasted oh, opportunity and all those things. So I went with a modified, just a very open setup. I don't ever let him shoot out past 30 yards. You know, but at 30 yards, a, uh, just a, a modified choke – or even a waterfowl choke from, you know, Jebs or, or one of the, the other choke tubes just helps your pattern spread out. Mm-hmm. More pellets, more pattern, yeah, higher opportunity to kill something. Yeah. Um and and so that's that's what he's shooting and, and Maddie's now shooting the same thing. Um so anyways, uh fun, comfort, increasing the opportunities for success, put things put success, put things in your favor. In addition to the gun, I would say one of the other things you can really do to put the odds in your favor are hunt out of a blind. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like hunting out of a tent, and I understand that. It's it's not very comfortable. Um, but a tent does allow a kid to stand up behind a tripod and get a clean shot. And so if I had to choose between where I hunt and, like, like the romantic in a, in the woods and big hardwoods kind of thing versus a field. If I had to choose the environment versus um, the comfort of the kid taking the shot, I would always choose the comfort of the kid taking the shot. So a, a tent just allows them to be able to move around. Yeah. 
not and stand up, bird. get the wiggles out. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Take and your jacket and, off. And, and really what you're trying to do at the end of the day, you're trying to raise a little hunter. You're trying to get them to taste success yeah. early enough on that they want to keep coming back for more. And so it's not that you're raising a kid who wants to sit in a tent all the time in a field. Yep. It's that doing that the first couple of times is the easiest or the increases the likelihood that you're going to be a successful you know, at, at killing a bird and then therefore increases the likelihood that they're going to enjoy what they're doing. Right. Um, I always carry a roll up blind. Like Brooks was talking about a stakeout blind. I mean, it's silly not to, in my opinion. I mean, you owe it to your kid to try your best to create some buffer between them and the bird. You know, it's not about seeing if your kid can trick the bird, in my opinion, not at first when they get a little bit older. Sure. You know, trip spooked one Sunday morning or Saturday morning. Um, moving around too much and then the next one come in you know what he did he held still and shot it right in the you know bottom of the throat I he mean, did a, and he did a pretty nifty double move too on yeah on like but, talk about him but, maturing as a hunter yeah but but here's the deal you, you know that's his that was his 10th turkey yeah like you don't teach that skill at turkey number one no you got to get through the kind of the the okay this is fun i like this i enjoy the way it feels when i kill a turkey and people congratulate me and it makes me confident blah, blah, all those things then you can start going okay here's the deal like we're not going to hunt with a decoy that has a pan or we're not going to hunt out of a tent or we're not going to hunt over a bait pile or we're not going to i mean just whatever yeah. the, the thing is that you did to kind of stack the odds in their favor depending on the rules and the legality of your state sure like as you start taking those things away with them, that happens after you've you've sort of set the hook. You know I, what I mean? I agree with that for um, sure. And we, Keelan and I, have always kind of used the metaphor. It's a little bit like catching fish on live bait. You know, when you're catching fish with live bait, the idea is to let the fish swallow the hook so that it don't come out of their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> you want to hook them in their stomach. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so, like when it comes to the kids, like. I mean, we let him shoot Jake's. I still let Trip shoot a Jake this year because at the end of the day, man, if he sits there still for all that time and he crawls and gets in the right position and does all the right things, I mean, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Like lighten up. That take Jake will taste great, you know. And yeah, he kills enough Jake's before long. He ain't gonna want to kill any more Jake's. No, and you're not you know? even gonna have to have I mean, that conversation, right? It, well, and he told me that the other day. He said, "I'm not shooting another Jake." And he said, I didn't really want to shoot the one I shot open, you know, kid weekend. I was like, okay, well, you didn't have to. Nobody made you. And he said, I know. I mean, I was glad to shoot it, but I don't want to shoot anymore. And it's like, great, you're out of it, you know. Um, now, that doesn't mean that I'm better than somebody else or that somebody who lets their kids or makes their kids wait on a long beard is is doing it right and I'm doing it wrong or vice versa. I, I think the main thing I would say is just, you know, for kids, fun comfort and success matter way more than your management plan you know yeah. kids should be shooting four points and six points and spikes and button bucks and 180 inch 12 points but if you've got an 11 year old kid or a 12 year old kid who doesn't really want to go deer hunting anymore because dad is a ball buster about making sure that it's a six and a half year old 160 inch deer before it gets shot like your priorities are out of whack yeah and, yeah. and turkeys are the same way. Like, in my opinion, let the kids shoot the jakes. I'd much rather the kids shoot the jakes than shoot bearded hens and stuff like that, you know. But yeah. um, Sure. Um, I, I, you got me preaching, but, um, you know, fun, comfort, success. I also think there's little traditions that, that we've implemented that make it extra fun. 
things that are celebratory. You know, we all take wild turkey shots, mm-hmm. and um, Trip doesn't take wild turkey shots. So he, I asked him what he wanted to do to celebrate. He brought us a sleeve of Oreos. Yep. And that becomes our thing. Everywhere we go, we take a big tray of Oreos. And so if another kid in camp kills a turkey, we pass out the Oreos. Everybody eats an Oreo. You know, it doesn't matter if it's 730 or, you know, in the a.m. or 730 in the p.m. Like we're eating a, eating an Oreo and daddy's drinking whiskey while, you know, <laughs> to celebrate. It's a pretty, it's a pretty um, nice pairing, isn't it? Yeah. Um. And so little things like that, you don't yeah. think about being a big deal, but they're a big deal to the kids. Huge. And and so letting them, uh, again, it kind of goes back to that saying yes a lot, letting them think up things that are weird and not the best hunting tactic, but saying yes to it, like where you put the decoy and where you sit within reason, you yeah. know, like those are things are awesome. Stop and let them call it every other time, you know, and. One of the easiest things you can do with that is give them a crow call. Crow call is so easy to blow, and Trip loves it. I mean, and nothing's <laughs> more fun than him blowing a crow call, making a turkey gobble. He's not you know spook a turkey with a crow call or a woodpecker call, but you're liable to locate one, and you yeah. can hear better if you put your kid twenty yards behind <laughs> and you, tell him to get, get out on in front it. of you, yeah, yeah, get on it, sure. And uh, it's a heck of a lot easier than an owl hoot, you know. It's it, and it's. You know, after the sun's come up, you're moving around, and it makes the walking fun instead of making the walking like, come on, we're on a death march. We've got to get over here 800 yards because that may be where one's at. You know, yeah. it's kind of like every 50 or 75 yards you stop and go, hey, hit the crow call. You know, <laughs> dang, you sound good. You know, that that kind of thing just goes a long way towards them having fun. The fun and the encouragement and the – I don't know. I, I can't f- quite find the word for it, but taking the levity. Yeah, I think is the word. Taking all the seriousness. That's exactly, that's a great word. Yeah. Um, because we uh, we are, with social media and everything, that you know, we, we all kind of operate like we're professional hunters, you know, and yeah. we take it so serious. And by gosh, it's just a bird that's got a brain the size of a lima bean, and your kid's got a big brain, and he's going to grow up to be an adult one day. Like, have fun. Don't mm-hmm. fuss at him, you know. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm rambling now, but the last thing I'll tell you that I think is really fun that we do when we're home and we can is uh, this started during the COVID year, but we sort of made a pact that when we killed a turkey or when the kids killed a turkey, we'd come home and fry it that day. And so it's fresh turkey. That's it awesome. puts them involved in the cleaning process, you know, um, but it also puts them involved in the cooking process. And there's a lot of pride that comes for a little kid when they provide the meal for everybody, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's good, you know. Yeah. And so I went and bought a one of those little – Double basket fried eddies. Sure. It's about the size of, you know, double shoe box kind of thing. It sits on the counter. And at our house, it sits on the counter during turkey season. And then we clean it out at the end of turkey season. One big jug of peanut oil will get you, you know, fried hole. 10 or 12 turkeys in it, you know. And it's cheap. A little fried eddy like that. And you don't have to clean it up. And it's fast. And, um, you know, this is our, I guess this would be our third spring doing that. And by the end of spring, at least one of the kids is like, you know, this is good, but I'm I've had enough I've turkey. Had enough turkey. <laughs> yeah. And uh but That's it, but funny. It, but it really illustrates and brings home for them what Britt was talking about. Something lost its life. Yep. That animal's purpose on this earth was to feed us and for our enjoyment. That's what the Bible says. Yep. And 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 then watching their other family members. So like in my family, Lindy doesn't care anything about going hunting. Katie doesn't care anything about going hunting. But when we sit around the table as a family and we eat fried turkey that Trip shot or that Maddie shot, 
it's a different conversation. Now everybody's yeah. in it together. So me, Maddie, and Tripp may have all gone hunting that morning and had a great time, and the two of them went and did something else. Yeah. But now all of a sudden we've been brought together. I mean, you're literally consuming the story. I mean, it, and exactly. Chip gets to tell the story while you're eating exactly. the turkey. Exactly. And, and then, you you know, you the, the little things along the way, you see a feather in it. You know, you pull a piece of shot out. Like all those things provide conversation topics <laughs> that normalize what we did. Sure. And that unite everybody. Yeah. You know? And so, and that, doing that as a family, yeah, that's like huge. The most important thing. I yeah. mean, if you could do one thing to make your family better, it'd be eat dinner together. I mean, I, honestly, I phones think that's, up, eat together. Yeah, TV put your phones off. down, go eat together every night. Sit down, and eat a meal together. Um, and so we kind of brought that in with the turkey thing, and it's really been fun because it it just changes instead of you know we we've done a good job as turkey hunters like savoring the moment after we kill a turkey. Yeah, and you see a lot of guys doing the you know, Dave Owens, Penhody, smoke a cigar and just enjoy the moment. But there's a point where we just come home and, like, we're done. And I think feeding everybody afterwards just kind of extends that moment, helps remember the story a little bit yeah. longer, brings it full circle, brings everybody involved, and it's fun. It makes it a big deal, too. It does. That's the other thing. I love I love the traditions in, in tur- during turkey season because yep. it just makes small moments big deals. Yep. I'll tell you, and, and I'm going to throw one more thing in there. All right. One more, one more, one more thing. But when we fry those turkeys, the other tip that I'll give you is we buy jars of dill pickles, sliced dill pickles, like hamburger slices. Mm-hmm. And when you breast that turkey out, if you put the breast meat in a bowl and then you pour about half or three quarters of that jar of pickles into the bowl with it and just let it sit there for, I mean, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, not long at all, before you batter it, you let it soak in that pickle juice, it will taste like Chick-fil-A chicken. It's phenomenal. And, and now they with, send home with the chick like you can go to Kroger and buy the Chick-fil-A sauce. sauce. Yep. Whew. And and it also gives you a chance to fry pickles. So that if somebody at your <laughs> table right. doesn't like the fried turkey and they got fried pickles. Yeah. And so Do you ever just like cut off like a sandwich sized piece of turkey or you just do nuggets? I do nuggets. Okay. And I try to cut out as many of the tendons as possible so that everybody eating is not you know, getting that working leathery, on one. right? Yeah. And there's silver skin on both sides. And if you'll take your time with a cheap fillet knife, you can cut through, mo- cut around, and trim off. And I'd rather trim off and and leave some of that stuff. Flip it to the that's, dogs. Yeah, yeah, that's rough and tough, just so that the other folks at the because what you don't want is the three people that are hunting get together with the two people who weren't hunting again. And the two make people it that fun, hunting, right? Yeah. Complaining to them, then they feel belittled, and it's like you know so. Uh, trimming the meat up real good and then just frying it. I mean, it's so easy, man. Yeah. You can get one of these. They Bass Pro makes these plastic dills that you can batter them in. That's just no mess, and it's got a like I'm a filter. It. It's got a filter in there, so you put the meat on top of it, and then you shake it back and forth, and you just do the meat and the pickles together, and then everybody's eating pickles while the meat's, meat's getting cooking. ready. And you know, it's 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 the way to do it. But. Man. Um, Anyways, I'm. I guess I'm about talked out. Go have a good time. Have fun. Yeah. No. I'd... Eat too much candy. Eat too many snacks. Build a blind. Help them hide. You know, all that's. I mean, it's it's simple, but as Britt said, you definitely need to do your homework. Scout hard. Mm-hmm. Go buy some trail cameras, some cell phone trail cameras. The Tacticams are dirt cheap, and they're 120 dollars a piece. Yeah. And then ask yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I think that'll help. Dictate yeah. kind of how your responses to different questions and yep. situations. Yep, that's right. So, okay. Anyways. Do we have anybody else? We're gonna. We can definitely call Keelan if you want. Um, 
I just know if you need to go to bed. I do. Um, why don't we? We can also just wrap let's, it right there. Let's wrap this, okay? Because I'd like mine to be last. Okay, we can call Keelan, but let's let's go ahead and wrap. Um, okay. So, anyways, I, I've said it a million times, and I think everybody else said it. But go have a good time with your kids. You know, fun, comfort, comfort, and fun go together. Don't take it so serious. It's just it's just a critter. Good Lord meant for you to have fun. Kill it. Eat it. Amen. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything else to add. So we'll, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Won't be long. Fran will be getting her one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll probably take her out when she's two, maybe something like that. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll see you on the next one. Catch you later.